word of the day. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Today's word of the day, adrenalize. 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 It's a verb meaning to stir to action or simply excite. Nice. Adrenalize. So, uh, Use that with your with your wifey next time. You trying to adrenalize? You trying to me. adrenalize me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good show today. We're gonna be talking NFL free agents. We got a little bit of basketball talk. Uh, Tim Brown's gonna join us for the stat of the day and talk about the Hall of Fame. Some snubs. Some who should have been in there. It's just grinding I my teeth right now. I Jeff. think the concept's fucking ridiculous to begin with. Then we've got uh, the return of hockey talk. Deacon and Geekin with Luca Spence. And then we will finish up with winners and losers and the pop culture update. Beautiful. So without further ado, you ready to go? Yes, sir. Let's get it on. I wait for you, California. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Things to do before I die. Oh, yeah. I wait for you. Rest in peace. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Things to do before I die. Shorty want a kid, tell her early on, I just want to hit, rubber band wrist, snap me like a pig, one way I'm a model, catalog of sits, see me rolling Tupac, I'ma get it on my own, had to move away to get me closer to the ocean, seashell, had to get it myself, at the house since the young and I've been paying my bills, for the longest I don't need you, all you niggas say to Round up motherfuckers, I can wait though Too much money to be making, need it wide Work for myself like all you niggas sign it Nigga, you probably can Google me, eh Dr. Guap, what did you do to me, eh Wake up like, what are you doing today? I'm making first to economy, eh I'ma go back to hiatus If these juice won't play this Might die, might die, RIP to my pain Welcome to the Cohort Sports Report. Gas bags with fun facts. It's a podcast by regular Joes for regular Joes. Sponsorship free because nobody wants to pay the sponsorship fee. With that being said, my name is Jeff Woodworth. I am joined in studio by cousin John Elmarini. I'm here. Back again. I said it right this time. I'm proud of myself. Yeah, back to back. You I don't have to keep talking about saying my name right. You, okay. You're getting it down. <laughs> you're good. All right. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, respect. Yeah, I'm letting you know that I was self-consciously thinking about it. When I was walking, that's my like dog the earlier. thing you're most nervous about. I was like, dude, you gotta get the you gotta get the start of the show off to a right foot. You can't mispronounce the man's Thank name. Thank you. I disrespect him it. like that. It's true. Put some respect on his name. Exactly. That's one of my favorite sound bites. I also like the Takashi Six Nine. I ain't gonna let you get the chance, stupid. Or I think he says stupid oh, first. I know what you're saying, stupid. Dude. Yes. I ain't gonna let you get the chance. That's a great sound bite. I love yeah. it. All right. He's um. A fucking idiot. So <laughs> we've got a good show today. Let's get just get right into the talking points. Uh, NFL free agency. I saw an article on Bleacher Report the other day that was ranking the NFL's top free agents. I saw I, that. And I'm just curious if you agree with this or not. The just This is just honorable mention in no particular order. Quarterback Nick Foles, uh, quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, wide receiver Golden Tate, safety LaMarcus Joyner, safety Tyron Matthew, and linebacker CJ Mosley. Yeah. Some solid free agents. Yeah. Now let's start at number 10. 
Landon Collins, the safety out of, from the New York Giants. You like that? Do you agree with it at 10? Sure. I feel like th- I see there's a, a, a large concentration on defensive players this year. I was surprised C.J. Mosley was an honorable mention. I thought he was a really solid linebacker. Ranking but Rankings Radio is the <laughs> or podcasting is the best type of podcasting. You just argue about, no, they shouldn't have been a six. They should have been a five. But yeah, Collins is, Collins is great. At 10. Number nine, D. Ford, the linebacker out of Kansas City that uh, technically cost him cost him their season. Is he the one who jumped off He was the one who lined up offsides in the neutral zone. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know why they have him at nine. I would drop him down to honorable mention, but <laughs> yeah, I guess we got to forgive and forget, right? We'll never forget. Or never. Uh, number eight, Ezekiel Anza, or Anza. I yeah. got to pronounce that the right way. The so, many good, so many good pass rushers. Oh, my goodness. We're just going to keep going down the next couple right here. Number seven, Trey Flowers, another defensive end out of New England. Frank Clark, another defensive end out of uh, Seattle. Seattle. And then uh, Jadavion Clowney, the linebacker defensive end out of Houston. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, the D end out of Dallas, and then your top three, uh, Le'Veon Bell, the running back from. Of course. I mean, I wouldn't say Pittsburgh because he didn't play for him last, you know, last year. But <laughs> the last team he played for was the Steelers, and then uh, Grady Jarrett, the D tackle out of Atlanta, and then the number one available free agent this year, according to Bleacher Report, is Earl Thomas, the safety out of Seattle. But it sounds like he wants to go to Cal- the Dallas, go play with the I Cowboys. Think, I think the the rankings a little flawed a little bit. Yeah. I think the pass rushers are probably a little more important than Earl Thomas. I was going to say, do you want to nitpick this and, and you want to do the radio where you're like, no, number four should have been number two, man. I'm telling you. I mean, I don't know if there's necessarily like uh, Le'Veon Bell would be the number one, in my opinion. I'll tell Skill you wise. My hot takes is Le'Veon is going to the Jets and he will be overpaid. But the Jets have the money to do it. Well, he's so. going to get overpaid wherever he goes. Regardless. But I mean. The rankings. Who cares? That's a real. There's a lot of good free agents out there, and mm-hmm. in a in a league now where you need to be able to rush the passer, yeah, you should see a lot of good teams who are lacking that edge rusher make bids. Maybe over. You know, we saw Max contract. Um, we saw Donald. Donald's a D tackle, but he's still a pass rusher. That's These contracts are getting big, man. There's going to be a ton of money tied up on the defensive side of the ball when it. But but As the thing there is, should be. the thing is, is that when you draft these young quarterbacks and you get a system to to go with these young quarterbacks, then you have the money to spend on other parts of the ball. I agreed with Colin Cowherd for the longest time. You spend money on your on your quarterback. You spend money on the guys to protect him. So it's probably going to be like a, a left tackle, left guard, you know, to protect his blind side. You still want to beef up the line, and you just work from the middle of the field outward, right? Yeah, for sure. So, but now it seems that you can overpay for a wide receiver here, uh, and, and keep your quarterback cheap, and then you'll focus on the flip side of the ball. You know, I, the secondary is really the only only area that I don't see getting overpaid, which is kind of weird that Frank, or, I mean, uh, Earl Thomas is on here too. I guess that also is bad bad news for Tyron Matthew, Lamarcus Joyner, uh, who was the other safety that was on here? Landon Collins. Collins. Yeah. They're all great players. Look at their money. We'll see where they land, uh, where those chips will fall. That'll give us plenty to talk about in the off season. But for now, uh, let's move on. Let's move to this. Uh, did you see that Mike Conley and Mark Gasol are on the trade block in Memphis? I think it's about time. Those are lifelong Grizzlies. Yeah. And that's plus years. grit and grind. Not them. That's not their, you know, shake and bake or whatever. That was just the team mantra for the longest time. Yeah. Uh, grit and grind has finally come to an end, or it would seem. Where would you think would be a good fit for either one of these guys? Uh, Lakers jump jump at me right away. For Conley? Or for Gasol? Gasol mainly. Because they've already had one, so why not have um, the other one? I don't know. They're two. Those are two guys who can really make a difference on a team who's looking for that extra little boost. If Conley can stay healthy. He's t- these past couple of years, he's been pretty injury prone. But he's he's a good point guard. Yes. And 
you know, I don't think Conley was ever really like superstar, superstar, maybe a year or two, but you're getting just like a really high IQ basketball point guard. Mm -hmm. And, and Gasol just is a banger. And I think he would even, he'd even be better on a team where he wasn't the main guy, right? Where he was the complimentary piece. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think it's about time they have to. They're not good anymore, the Grizzlies, that is. And they gotta they got to ship those guys out and get something for them. Some young talent or, you know, dra- you don't see a lot of draft pick trades, I guess, in basketball. But No, but, yeah, you're right about that. The Grizzlies have been past their prime. They were one of those teams that would that would hang with the dubs and give them a tough time. Back and when they had uh, Randolph. Tony Allen. Yeah, and they had, they had some good defensive mm-hmm. teams. And yeah. The bang, the Randolph and Gasol down low was a hell of a tandem for and a few the, years, and they relied on Conley and Gasol for for the offense too. Yeah, yeah so, so yeah, it's time to move them. It's kind of sad. It's gotta be, be sad if you're a Memphis Grizzlies fan. Be interesting to see where they go. Maybe, yeah. maybe I don't, it's hard to say where, but all right. From the trading block to I guess you'd, you'd say the ring almost. Uh, did you see that Devin Booker and I don't even want to mispronounce his first name, but it's Jang from the uh, from the T Wolves. They got into a little bit of a scuffle. Last night, oh, I didn't see that. Ooh, yeah, they got a heat exchange off the court, and I think his name's like York Gorky Jang or something like that. I, I don't know. Think. I know who you're talking yeah. about. So he's being escorted off the court, and he he points back to Devin Booker as they're getting separated to either sides of the court. You know, to go out their tunnels, they both get double texts and they're getting sent off. He's pointing at the tunnel, saying, "Meet me in the tunnel. Like, let's scrap it out." Yeah. And Devin Booker says, ask. "Devin Booker says, okay," and he starts taking off, and he's dragging the assistant coach that's holding him back with him as they go to essentially meet behind. Nobody knows exactly what happened, but when Jang was interviewed after the game uh, about the scuffle, he said, oh, I just wanted to meet him in the tunnel to do a jersey exchange. And I thought that was pretty funny. That was funny. Yeah, yeah that is that funny. Was some good levity on the situation because, yeah, guys get chippy out there. But it's always funny to see NBA guys try and, try and fight yeah, and punch each Yeah, I mean, each other since out. Malice in the Palace, uh, we haven't really – there hasn't – there's not anything that ever really happens. You mean it was a bad idea to beat up the paying customer that yeah. came to see you? Fuck, even that if, was – even if they did get out of hand by throwing a beer, that, <laughs> that was, was some of the gnarliest shit that will ever happen in in sports. It's like it was a definitely a shame on you. You should know better situation for the crowd, and then it was definitely turned to the players and shame on you. Oh, you big, should know better, big time. Because if you remember all the anal- all the former player analysts that like ESPN had come on or you know that came on that night, they all advocated for the players and said yes, like what they did was right. Like I would do it too. The next morning, yeah, violence. <laughs> somebody, somebody from somebody from corporate or the league office called and was just like, "Yo, you guys can't be advocating violence against yeah, a customer." And the tune was a complete 180. Yeah, talking about how unacceptable the behavior was. But yeah, look up the coverage. That'd be a fun YouTube dig. Is look up like Sports Center after the Malice at the Palace and see the players come on and talk about how it's like. Oh, I've done the same shit. Next morning, different story. Yeah. All right. Uh, continuing on with beefs. So uh, the Thunder played the Portland Trailblazers last night, and Russell Westbrook got into a little bit of an exchange, just a verbal altercation with Dame. W- with Dame, and then uh, Nurkic chimed in on on the Twitter machine afterwards. Um, but yeah, so at first they they kind of been going back and forth. Uh, Westbrook just talking about how he kind of owns you know Dame, and uh, maybe in the stat column because I saw a stat today that in the twenty games that they've played head to head against each other, Westbrook. I mean, uh, Dame has that matchup eleven nine. So he's gone Wins. by he's gone by two games, um, but I mean you know Westbrook is kind of low key stat patter, so I wouldn't be surprised if he he's if he a had total stat patter. Yeah, and you know he says that he's been owning the Trailblazers as of lately. It's like or you know just in general, it's like mm, okay, I don't know if that's for sure, 
And then uh, and, and I, I bet it's not for sure. Well, Westbrook has become. I I had the sandbox theory with Westbrook, and I said that I didn't I didn't like how he selfish he was. I thought that he was out there, he's doing whatever he can to get his triple double, which is still impressive that he's still able to average a triple double. But now he's been doing a little bit more deflecting. Uh, he's been become a less selfish, pl- uh, a more team oriented player. But I'm also pretty sure that some of that is because. A, the athleticism is draining, just the style of game that he plays. He still gets his dunks, but, man, he's had arthroscopic knee surgeries. Uh, it, it's hard to sustain that level of play. I, sure. know, I know he's got a motor, but it's just not going to age well, and we're yeah, starting to see it age. Sure. We're starting to see it slowly age. For sure. And he's never been a strong jump shooter or three-point shooter. He's one of the worst three-point shooters historically ever for being wow. a guard. Wow. He shoots about 24% from beyond the arc, and really? he still hucks up about five to seven a game. He's kind of tapered it off a little bit, but it's just it's not. He doesn't take good shots, and that's why Nurkic went and responded after um, when he saw a clip that a journalist posted that it was interviewing Westbrook, and Westbrook said under his breath, "I'm not going to talk about that clown." And then Nurkic responded back, "Why not hashed, or why not Westbrick? Called him Westbrick uh-huh. instead of Westbrook." And I thought that was pretty creative too. You know, kind of corny, but it still worked. Um, just the petty wars that go on in an NBA season are awesome because you just get oh, these yeah. beefs that build up and they kind of come to a little bit of a boil on court, but they never get out into a full-blown scuffle and then it just becomes like, and then it's just, okay, now we get to watch them play the next time around. How about this one? Who would you take on your team, Damian Lillard or Russell Westbrook? Dame, for sure. I think I, like, I, I, think I would too. I like Dame. I'll sacrifice a, I will sacrifice an explosive point guard that's throwing down dunks for a guy that can dribble in and out of it. absolutely anybody. He's explosive too, though. Oh, he is, and yeah. but he's also a very good shooter too, yeah. Whereas and beyond the arc, where Westbrook, not so much. He's worked on it, but not nearly the level of shooter that, uh, that Lillard is. Watching him play the Warriors, he, Lillard can really – he can step back from the three. It's filthy. He, yeah, he's – He's damn good, man. Plus, I'm also gonna keep that barrier bias too. He's from the town, so you know, I, I want him. He's less. He seems like less. Westbrook's of a, an LA guy. <laughs> he seems like he plays with heart. He's less of a, a head case for sure. Oh yeah. Better shooter and yeah. I've never understood the the Westbrook mentality of the ball is my only friend on the court. Like, no, you have four other guys out there in the same fucking jersey as you. Utilize them. Man, you the know? Thunder had Harden, Westbrook, and uh, KD. Durant, and they got the worst out of the three. And Ibaka, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. That's true. I mean, you know, although I did some number crunching here. Fun fact for you. Uh, James Harden has scored fifteen hundred around fifteen hundred points today uh, so far this year. In scored sixty one today in forty three games. Okay, so five I, of twenty sh- shooting threes, and he shoots over thirty times. So, a game so every I d- fucking game. Man. I did this math before I took into account that game that happened today because I only had him through forty three or forty three games. Yeah, He's played sure. in forty three or now forty four, and they've played forty seven total. He's got uh, like fifteen oh nine or something like that points scored up until this point until he dropped all that today, uh, and. Roughly 29% of his uh, of his points came at the free throw line. That's nearly a third of your point. I mean, it's nearly it's the same distance away as nearly a third to nearly a quarter. Yeah, for sure. But that's still a lot of fucking points that are coming at the free throw line. Oh, yeah. You it know, is. it's like, that's why I don't like that game. If the, the flopping game, it's finish. Watching Get the, the Rockets one. is wa- like watching ass. I mean, it's just. It's either a three-point attempt or oh flop my at the God. basket. Or, yeah. or a fucking pick and pop to Capella. I mm-hmm. mean. I stand, uh, Stan Van Gundy, I saw a little thing with him. He was just flipping out saying how awful the Rockets are to watch as a, as a basketball fan. And he's got a good point. It's like Harden just throwing up shots 
Yeah. She had twenty threes tonight. Yeah, it's, and I, he made five of them. If you're if you're gonna make ten of them, it's a different story. But if you're only making twenty five percent of the shots that you're putting I'm up from right I think he's going for that. He's going for the scoring, the points per year. He's going for the he's going for the scoring title. He wants the MVP. Give it to onto the Kubo. Yeah, just give it to him de facto. You can't yeah, give I, it to LeBron because he's missed too many games. I can't stand James Harden. Yeah. I'd, I maybe not him as a person, but I just I certainly don't like his game. I don't, I don't like, care I don't about like him it. as a person. Yeah. That doesn't matter. Watching the Rockets, it's like Mike D'Antoni is like the laziest coach in the I, world. I feel like I said that wrong. I don't mm-hmm. mind him as a person because I don't know him don't as know. a person. I'm nice saying I'm being. looking at his basketball game and I'm saying I don't like most of it. So he's a, he's a good shooter, but the rest of it is like you're. You, he's an incredible shooter. You play so fragile. And one of the best things about James Harden is when people talk about him online and they say, "How do you stop James Harden?" You say, "Wait till the playoffs," and he stops himself. So there you go. That's a joke I'll never get tired of until I mean, he breaks that mantra. I mean, if anybody like Curry wanted to shoot thirty-five times a game like Harden does, you don't think he'd be putting up the exact same numbers, if not a better percentage shooting? Of course he would. I, I just, think Curry would be way better. I mean, and that's that's a little bit of warrior bias, but at the same time, you know, fucking maybe that's because of what I'm seeing is because of how the way, floor you gets. You can't really up. say way better because what Harden does is really impressive. Yeah. Like, no, like, but it's just. Okay, let me huck, 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 huck. Like, no shit you're going to score I'm saying points. Steph wouldn't go 5 for 20. Steph would stop if he knew he was 3 for 12. He'd have the decency to say, I ain't got it tonight. Somebody else is going to have to do it. pass the ball. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, uh, Harden does average about eight assists a game, but it's just it's so it fluctuates so greatly. He had that three-game stretch where he had zero assists, or, yeah. or at least all of his points that it came. Like, he's, uh, such a, he's such a fucking stat patter, dude. <laughs> And no, it's just stupid. You're never going to win a championship like that. Actually, I take it back. I don't think – I think he had assists in those games. I think all of his points over a three-game stretch or something like that were unassisted. So he just took the ball, dribbled the no, air I out know, of it. I, you, you were right, though. Yeah. I mean, like, tonight he had 15 boards and he didn't have that many assists. I just – I just like, I feel like good teams, like, drop the ego, right? And, yeah. the, like, the Warriors are the perfect example because they have egos everywhere. Strong personalities guys who should be fed the ball way more than they're getting fed. Mm-hmm. And they just put that shit aside, and they pass the ball around. And when someone's got the hot hand, like Clay the other night, hey, let's keep giving that guy the ball. If Durant had the hot hand, they'd give him the ball. Well, you get spread you spread the floor, too, so each guy gets open looks from time exactly. to time. And then as long as Instead you're able to knock down those open looks, you get hot, and Instead you start feeling better about shooting. ISO, let me take three steps back and travel and put up the three, and it just, yeah. I just don't Make like it look it. like it gets slapped in the face when people are literally guarding me with their hands behind their back. I just don't like how he plays. All right, uh, last basketball topic to cover today. It was announced that Anthony Davis is to miss two to four weeks, additional, an additional two to four weeks because of his uh, thumb hand injury. He's getting the issue looked at. It, to me, this looks like a long-term play. Of, I don't think he's coming back to New Orleans. May not. This is his last year in New Orleans, and he's getting a second opinion from a team doctor. I mean, from a, from a, getting a second opinion after he got one from the team doctor. And uh, his camp is definitely, you got to take the precautionary measures with Anthony Davis, who's a great player. But I'm saying, if you're a Pelicans fan, uh, this is you're, concerning. You're crying right now. Yes. I mean, just from the fact that you're missing him for an extra month, you're not probably gonna... the best big man in the game. Yeah. And now he's going to leave. He's, I mean, I'm sure he wants to do something with New Orleans, but like, I, if I'm reading the signs, I think Anthony Davis is out. Yeah, well, he definitely is. Yeah. When his contract's up, he's out. I now mean, the matter of where is he going to go? I think it's either L.A. or Boston. I mean, how could you not go to L.A.? Yeah. I don't yeah. know, though. Um, yeah, I, sad. that's sad for the Pelicans because with him, they could, you know, they're a playoff team, but they're not really competing anyway. 
I'm going to sneak this one in here, last minute. Uh, Victor Oladipo, done for the season. We saw that before we before we pressed record. Did they say? He's likely done yeah, for the season. It was a pretty traumatic leg injury. I didn't see it. In the video that I saw, it happened too fast. Looked they like didn't show a second angle. Yeah, and, and they put the trainer came out and put a towel over his knee, and that's never, never good. Just good. how he if you would get, look if at you're it. If you're yeah. leaving a basketball game on a stretcher, on a stretcher that's yeah, not good. Yeah, it's not good. I think the Pacers season, will it'd be interesting to see how they hold on in a relatively weak East. I mean, I think they'll slip down to like the 6, 7, or 8th seed. Yeah, I think there's a possibility they could still make the playoffs, and then you just oh, hope that Victor Oladipo is able to come back uh, as early as next year because he's probably done for this year. He's, he's, yeah, and yeah. he's a great player, and he's great for the Pacers because – uh, Pacers tr- he got away, from got away Paul George, uh, traded Paul uh, Paul George, and you're kind of thinking, oh, the Pacers are screwed. And then Oladipo really just gave him some exploded. great hope. Yeah. Exploded. He's yeah. a good ba- – he's a really good basketball player. He is, that's and that's why it's a damn shame yeah. that he's had this injury. But we wish him a speedy recovery. Yeah. And because, uh, you know, uh, like superstars like that, man, like I may not like them when they play the dubs, but they sure provide exciting basketball. Like I want Porzingis back so bad. I'm a huge I guy. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other you day. You almost like, forget about him because he's been gone for so long. And I wonder if they shut him down, if they're just going to shut him down for this year because the Knicks are so bad and they say, hey, tank, come back tank, in a tank, year tank, tank, and we'll, we'll have get you some, some young yeah. talent. We'll maybe, get we'll tr- maybe we'll try to get uh, Durant too. Yeah. They're going to try. Fuck about it here. All right. <laughs> uh, so now it is time for Tim Brown's stat of the day. Yes. And we are joined by a friend of the show, really just kind of like one of the show's statisticians, if you will, because of what he's been providing us with. Tim Brown. Tim, how is it going? It is going fantastic. That's good to hear. Sounds like how are you're mu- you guys? Sounds like you're, you guys sounds like you're munching on something, Tim. What is that? That would be a vanilla drumstick, John. Yum. That sounds so good. Oh. You sound good. Uh, We're doing all right, cousin John, joining us on this. Don't speak for me. Okay. I'm not doing all right. All right, uh, John, I'm great. Tim. John's doing great. I'm doing fine. Mm. And he, he joined me on this wonderful Wednesday evening. Uh, today is Flan's birthday, so he got the he got the show Happy off. Happy birthday, Flan! Happy birthday! How old's Flan? Twenty five. Twenty six. Oh, that sucks. Fuck yeah. You guys. It is the be- <laughs> beginning of Tim's the Tim's 30. <laughs> 31. Oh. <laughs> I right. missed that laugh. All right, Tim, give us give us the number we're looking for. What's the stat of the day? Uh, Aaron Donald opened up and he's actually still at number 6 overall for MVP betting odds for the Super Bowl. What? Wait, that's the stat. Yeah, that's my stat. He's that's incredible! He's ahead of every <laughs> wide receiver. Okay. He is currently, uh, James White has surpassed Sonny Michelle, but he is currently ahead of Sonny Michelle. I was thinking for, of putting all my money on Cordero Patterson. Oh, that guy. His dude, odds are crazy. Imagine take, if he takes a couple to the yeah, house, dude. Take two to the house. He was a Raider. Uh uh, no, I'm going to say that the Donald thing actually doesn't surprise me because he's going to get double teamed a lot Because he's the best the player in the world. No, I'm just saying he's he a very be good. the MVP. He's on a very good line. So if it's not him, it's going to be Sue. That, that breaks through, and it you know you got to pay attention. He should be the MVP. How many sacks did Aaron Donald have this year, Tim? Stat guy. Uh, 20 and a half. Well, Ooh. guess what? The Raiders had 11. He almost had double. <laughs> 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 Khalil Mack, I think, had 11 himself. Yeah, like all by himself. So yeah. that, that's <laughs> just that is a, that's like not a joke either. The Raiders had 11 sacks this year. <laughs> I think the next closest was mid 20s or something. How, did, how many uh, picks did they have? Because the year before that, they had no picks. They had picks. It just took a okay. very long time. Okay. We it had finally a, we happened. Had a few. Gary and Conley had a couple picks okay. actually. Yeah. All right. Well, enough with that. That's your only stat for us, Tim. 
Um, yeah. Purdue. How about okay, we, okay, we can okay. talk some okay, other. Here, here's another stat. It might be an unpopular one, but here's another stat. Uh, okay. Pusher T is a better rapper than Drake. <laughs> fact or opinion? Oh, that's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. That's uh, a damn fact right there. And he brings that up because, John, you claim to not even know who Pusha T is. I know the name, but <laughs> I, I never would have mm. even scratched this guy if if he didn't talk shit about Drizzy Drake, man. Mm. Oh, wow. So you're, you're, look up, uh, you're look Drake up the story high. of Adidon and see what that does for you. Pusha T sucks. Oh, Pusher T God. dug through some images and found Pusher. a picture of Drake in blackface. I yeah, know. He as his diss track cover art. Lit up the internet. I saw that, that but guess insane. what? This guy is a damn hero. Yeah, who cares? That's, that's Me, because okay. Drake sucks. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know what I think sucks is uh, the Hall of Fame. And not, Why? not No, no, not the Hall of Fame in general. Excuse me, I, I stopped speaking too quickly. Just the Hall of Fame voting process. Very stupid. The MLB released the 2019 Hall of Fame class. Uh, Mariano Rivera, 100% of the vote. First ever unanimous uh, oh, no shit. First year on the ballot. Is Edgar- that the first ever unanimous? Yes. Edgar Martinez. Stupid. All 425 votes went for him. Uh, you've got Edgar-, Edgar Martinez on his last year on the ballot. He gets in at 85. That's such points. bullshit. Roy Stupid. Ha- Roy Halliday, his first year on the ballot, get in, gets in. I'm pretty good. I'm, he, not, no, that, that. not that he no, wasn't a great that. player, but I think first year ballot for Roy Halliday, it comes as a posthumous gesture because he did go down in the plane crash, right? I slightly Correct. agree, but also, I mean, he was the most dominant pitcher in the game for a handful of years. That's true. Okay, I'll give you that. Uh, Mike Moussi- the fact that he resurrected his career after having he just got shellacked when he first came up with the Blue Jays. It was great. Mike Mussina finishes fourth with uh, 76.7%. He makes it in by 1.7%, 1, 1. and that is it. That is your four guys that get in. Uh, Tim, good do you, for them. Do you, okay, yes, very good for them. They had prolific careers, but I'm saying... Do you do you approve of this? Like I, I, it the whole process itself drives me crazy. You get these egotistical writers that will. I mean, you should know whether Maybe a guy's it will hall be of fa- you one day, Jeff. No, Maybe because be- because I would make a mockery of the system. I fall with Levitard under this uh, Dan Levitard under this thing. I would sell off my vote. The thing is, is I think you should take a look at a guy and you can look at his body of work. If he is not a Hall of Famer. After five years removed from the game, what makes you think he's deserving of being a Hall of Famer ten years down the line? Why are we capping this to you can only vote for ten guys? If a guy's in the if a guy should be a Hall of Famer, he should be a Hall of Famer. I have a solution. Let me look at a guy's stats from my generation, and I'll tell you whether or not he belongs in the Hall of Fame or not. And then you're done. You want Vizquel or Larry Walker or who? Like Larry Scott, Scott Rowland? Larry Walker is a Hall of Famer. Okay. What about Omar Vizquel? You have to take a look at the Hall stats. of Famer. Glove okay. for the glove, yeah. Manny Ramirez. Yes. No. Todd, Todd Helton. Yes. Yes. Gary Sheffield. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Okay, see these Barry are Barry Bonds. These are yes. yes. Roger, Roger Clemens. Clemens. Yes. yes. Kurt Schilling. You may not like him as yes. a person, but as a pitcher, he's pretty good. You know, um, I like the way you throw that in on Kurt Schilling, but you don't throw that in on Clemens or Bonds. Uh, well, you know, those guys are Edgar misunderstood. Edgar Martinez is a Hall of Famer <laughs> and Barry Bonds isn't. If you took Barry Bonds' stats before he was allegedly juicing, they're better than Edgar Martinez's. Very good preventing the libel. Uh, I agree with you. Edgar Martinez should allegedly. not be in the Hall of Fame. 
You don't think Edgar Martinez should be in the Hall of Fame? No. The DH is He's a, a DH. Position. Maybe Frank Thomas. He That's about it. it. So he had uh, 2,247 hits, 309 home Not runs. Get out of here. Not 309 home runs? 309 home runs, 1,261 RBIs. What's his career batting average? What's, what's Edgar Martinez's career batting average? 312. Is it? Yeah. Gotcha there. Gotcha, bitch. That's pretty good. Uh, Fuck, man. <laughs> so here's my here's my two things. Yes. I approve the – I understand the whole 75% thing. I Yes, I could see why people would vote Mariano Rivera in. But if he yes. is – I mean, I could see – I don't understand how all 425 people put them on put him on the ballot. Is he not the they most – They didn't do that for – they didn't do it for Griffey last year. Yeah, see, that's the thing, too, is how could someone – like that? Makes, that's a good point, is how could Rivera be 100% but not these other amazing, amazing players like Ken and Griffey, for example. And here's the thing I heard, and people actually said it, too. They left – I think it was like the whole two people or three people that left Griffey office because they knew that he was going to be in the Hall of Fame. So they used that's, that vote for someone stupid. else. That's which is stupid. why which is why I think not only is the 10-year the, the thing is whatever, okay, you only want to give guys a certain amount of time, which I think is stupid because, you, again, you should know whether they're a Hall of Famer or not, which is why I think that they should expand it past 10 votes. You're going to tell me right now that, and, and I think the whole three, 75%, I think that's kind of silly too. I would even be willing to lower it to two-thirds or I'd be willing to consider even half the vote. Just because you've got no, four, you've Jeff. got 425 guys riding in for a vote. Even if you did that, Jeff. your Hall of Fame class, even if you required just 50% of the vote, Larry Walker, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling would all be in there. If you re- did what I proposed and then you dropped it down to two thirds, people would be in. Then there, Kurt though. Schilling's the only one that makes it in. If you want, you only get five this class. I'm saying certain years there's gonna be surefire Hall of Famers that are eligible. How you about should elect this? How about they don't have 400 and something people voting? That's on it. pretty how stupid about, too. How yeah. about you have some people with some baseball knowledge? Knowledge. Why don't you just ask Tim Kirchin? I think you know Tim Kirchin. Tim ask Kirchin. Peter Gammon. Those guys can't be the ultimate uh, judge and jury and executioner, though. Who like deci- the, I mean, who, they, decide, they, who they decides the Football Hall of Fame and shit like that? I don't. I'm actually not very well versed on the Football Hall exactly. of Fame. I've just so always sure hated the. I've always hated the Baseball Hall of Fame announcements because I'm like these guys. There's going to be certain guys that get shafted. They go ten years on the ballot. They definitely should have gotten oh, voted in. This? So I don't sound like a damn homer rooting for Barry Bonds. I will say it for Roger Clemens. How is that guy? I don't care about. Does anyone really give a shit about the steroid era? Does is that really hamper? Does that really say Chris oh, Archer does? Does that Chris really? Chris Archer cares a lot. Then you say that was the era. Uh, uh, Chris Archer really cares about the steroid era. You no, know he doesn't. You know what's really funny? You know what's really funny is he does. Look up his tweet, John. He specifically said, "If you were alleged or if you took steroids, you should not be a part of the Hall of Fame." Because you have tampered and tainted the game. Then it looks like we're going to have to omit about 20 years of baseball players from making it into the Hall of Fame and with that logic. Could, why don't we find oh, out? Yeah, why don't we it. find out all the people that were cheating back in the day too? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's people cheating any way they could cheat. You, you think you think Babe Ruth? You think there. Babe Ruth was doing that on just hot dogs and beer, hitting the ball 500 feet because that's how far back the fences were? Like, no, he was. There was. You need to go. You need to go farther back too, because then you have the amphetamine era. You have. All these different things that happen throughout baseball. It's just even the and '80s. Imagine all the guys that were playing on crank. Like, wait, look what? At, look at who was it? Who was the dude that threw the no hitter when he was high on uh, uh, I don't. I, re- I know what you're talking about yeah, too, and I'm blanking. Something. Yeah, it was Doc, Doc something. something. 
Ah, oh, fuck, I'm blanking on the name, too. Whatever, Going dude. back, okay, I so don't care about why, did, why did Edgar Martinez make it in and Larry Walker should have made it in? You look at Larry Walker, he had uh, in less at-bats than Edgar Martinez. He had he had about 80 more home runs, and he batted actually .01% higher on the uh, batting average. So I Was think this his last season on the No, ballot? No, it's no. his ninth. He's got, he's got one more. That's why this was Edgar Martinez's last season on the ballot. Okay. Well, that's why I'm saying it's so stupid. stupid. Yeah. Jinx, dude. Well, because people, (laughs) these baseball writers have feelings and they have nostalgia. Get out your fucking feelings. I'm not asking for your feelings because it then just becomes a popularity contest of whose game you liked more or who was nicer to you in the locker room. That's what you're seeing with football. Is the way well, the those writers? It is. No, it's that, then it becomes a whole political thing, and it's stupid. It should just there should be a uh, certain numbers Jeff, for certain Jeff, guys. What? Jeff, stop yourself. You're talking about politics in sports. Yeah, I know. You already know the answer to that. I know. <laughs> we all know the answer to that. <laughs> it, it, it just seems too easy for it to be like, you know, if a pitcher wins 300 games, if a, if a guy hits 500 home runs, if, a, if another guy gets 3,000 hits, like there should just be certain milestone numbers where it's just like, fuck, you don't even need to go up for a vote. You did that. Yeah, you're you right. did. You hit yeah. numbers that yeah. are highly revered yeah. in, the, in the sport. You know, yeah. and then if a guy hits multiple, like let's say you get a guy who hits three thousand hits and five hundred home runs, then f- just why wait for him to retire? Hey, just throw him Martina, in there actively. Hey, Edgar Martinez had what? Hey, three hundred nine home runs. Three hundred nine home runs. You should be like John and I. You could be like John and I. Work forty hours a week in an honest job, and then, you know, be able to afford a house and stuff instead of selling drugs and doing it that way. But. Is that the way the world works, Well, guess works, what? Jeff? We can't afford a fucking house. Uh, I was going to say, man, was that what you were trying to insinuate? That I sell drugs? I do not. I sell audio dope. Some podcasting. Can you afford free. a house? No, I can't. Um, so I'm doing it out of a garage. You're making an honest... I can't um, You're making an honest whatever you want to call it. It's not a living. Wait, no, it's not. It's a, it's an honest hobby. <laughs> <laughs> job job practice. Or practice it, yeah. Getting some reps in. That's what we're doing here. That's what we're all doing. Start calling this the gym. Well, that's the thing. It's just, it's just not... It's what it is, dude. There's I think no, it's, I think there's it's no so stupid. It. Tim, if you had it, a if you had a vote, would you f- vote uh, for people who allegedly took steroids, if they deserve there are to people, be? People, there's people already in the Hall of Fame that allegedly took steroids. So it, okay, so I'm I'm getting off the steroid thing because we just have we have 20 years of baseball well, where big, you know for sure is, that there's the, steroids. That's the fucking big kicker, though. But it's all a, it's a it's a slap in baseball's face. You got the some of the greatest players to ever play. And they don't even get the vote. Tim, is that a Capri Sun? No, that's my drumstick. That's oh, the okay. most. That's the mo- it's, <laughs> it's 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 all it comes down to no. is the steroid shit. That's I get all what you're that, saying, that's the but, only topic. but you have to look at it then from the '90s. Pretty much every player from the '90s and the early thousands, from 2000 to 2010, before baseball started to crack down on the what when, if you were on the when the Mitchell report came. The Mitchell report. If you're on that, you're not. You can't. No, be the then Hall I'm just fame. saying. Then there's going to be a lot of people that are left out that were baseball royalty. They were just greatness in general. That I'm sure we're able to put up numbers before, like you said, with Bonds with the alleged juicing. With whatever he uh, did, I'm I my question. The other day, um, can we refer to the 2000s as the aughts? The aughts. I guess they're considered the aughts. Aughts. Wouldn't it be oots because I they're double zeros? I don't know. That's I just heard it. Okay. And I don't like it, but I don't know. I don't know what to pronounce them as. Turn of the century, early. You know, like what? stupid. It's stupid. Okay. What was the ta- What were we supposed we to be ta- arguing? We were just now. talking about the Hall of Fame in general. Just the process. It's so dumb, Tim. Uh, so I don't. There's this rule that's in place. Uh, I believe it's if you miss, if you don't get at least five percent of the votes 
on the ballot, you are you are taken off the next year, and then you can oh, go back man. on the year after that. Is that is that what it is? This is the, I don't know. It's so stupid. You said names like Juan. Currently, Pierre. players are removed from the ballot if they are named on fewer than five percent of the ballots or have been on the ballot Why? fifteen times without election, Why? changed to ten times prior to the twenty fifteen okay. election. I see Juan Pierre as a future Hall of Famer. Okay. What? Oh yes. Juan Pierre? One of the best leadoff hitters? Yeah. Oh One of the best God. table setters? Yes. Holy 2,217 hits, 18 home runs, 517 RBIs. He batted 295 for his career. How many stolen bases? Uh, let me look at that. 300s? Uh, no, he's in the 400s. He's, uh, actually, I take that back, 614. Yeah, he had a cannon. Out in the outfield too. Yeah, I don't see the put out. Fucking uh, wing. He, he, yeah. he can't throw it. I'm, I'm telling. Uh, mark my words. Come ten years from now, Juan Pierre Hall of Famer. These are all guys that got that are going to be left off the ballot for next year, and I guess they can come back a year after that. I don't know how it works because they all received fewer than five percent of the votes. Michael Young, Rick and Keel, Lance Berkman. I'm not down to that part of the list yet. Michael Young, Lance Berkman, Lance Berkman, Miguel Tejada, Roy Oswalt, or Oswalt, excuse me, Placido Planco. Travis Hafner, Darren Oliver, Kevin Euclid, Rick Ankeel, Vernon Wells, John Garland, Derek Lowe, Jason Bay, Juan Pierre, Freddie Garcia, and Ted Lilly. I think mm. we have too many people who come up for nomination in the Hall of Fame. I think it should be a little more... That was more, 35 right there. I think it should be a little more sacred than that. I think it should be a little more limited than that. Yeah, I, good luck trying to fix it. I'm going to flood it with a bunch of... Out, out of all those, the only one that I think should be considered would be Juan Pierre. I saw a couple names on there. I like Miggy to Tejada. Steroids. Yeah. Not gonna get in. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I got Lance you. Berkman is the only other one on that list I could think of. He was a big old lumberjack. I'm saying, I'm saying, do what they do with the fucking uh, Smithsonian then, and break it up into segments, and just be like, this is the Hall of Fame. I mean, all those guys get. Uh, if you win an, if you win a World Series, you're commemorated in the Hall of Fame anyway. You just, you're just remembered as part of the team, not the individual. But you need to break it up into different segments, right? Like, uh, this was you the could. dead ball era. This was the live ball you era. Could. This was the juicing era. You know, unfortunately, it happened in our sport. It's a, it's a stain. Baseball just needs to evolve. They need to own up and accept it so, that it happened. So what you're gonna tell? Maybe they will. You're gonna say Larry Walker and Todd Helton aren't Hall of Famers because they play at Coors Field. No, they you are. You know what I'm saying? They are, but you know that's, that's an advantage. Yeah. All the Yankees then that played at Yankee Stadium, especially the new Yankee Stadium. When these guys go up for for the so, ballot, like they take that into account. They played at a D-ball park. Well, I mean, then here's the other thing. So you can always go back to does Ricky Henderson's stolen base record count? Although, two of the pitching pickoff moves have since been rectified uh yeah sure because that's the just the evolution of the, the game the lift the leg and turn to second base was not allowed when he was stealing bases the wheel play wasn't allowed when he therefore was stealing it bases. made it easier for him to steal bases is that what you're saying timothy yeah that's what i'm saying well so that that i can make that same argument for the nba too like think about when they expanded i don't the, care about the nba Jeff. well i know you don't but i'm just saying for for context here like just if people are up there thinking about like oh this is so dumb you shouldn't do that you i mean games evolve right the key in in basketball used to be pencil thin and then they had to expand it because got there were tall guys like Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell who could just keep their legs posted on either side of it and not get the three in the key you got to think there about the to be a no three-point line yeah exactly right the three point line and then all of a sudden now you get a bunch of three-point shooters that are going to make it in the NBA because they're really good at this one far shot like that's just you got to you got to evolve with the game and so do your standards for the greatness that comes with the evolution of the game which this is was for John I wish that they put style points on slam dunks I want to see a three-point slam dunk. Why is that for? Why is that for? Why is that for me? 
Because I think you would enjoy that. <sighs> I don't want style points on slam dunks. I want him to take away Imagine... three points if you miss a three. <laughs> that would be stupid. No, that would be awesome. It would. It, you get somebody like James Harden away, who goes five for 20 tonight. for missing a free throw. Ooh, I no, like that. Wait, what? He says take away a point for missing a free no, throw. No, stop, stop. Take away, no, take away three no, points for missing a three-pointer. just talking shit. Okay. All right, well, thank you, Tim. That was a thank you. wonderful stat and, another, and a wonderful discussion about the that's Hall of Fame. That's it with Timmy? Yeah, that's all for no, Tim. Okay, I'm leaving too. I'm out of here. Okay, that's <laughs> messed up, man. Uh, but yes, thank you, Tim. I saw the Hall of Fame announcement, and I just knew that had your name written all over it, and we could get a, we could get some good stuff out of that. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you, guys. And we'll see you, or we'll hear from you again on Sunday. Sounds good. All right, until next I time. I love Tim. you, Tim. I love you, John. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, you guys done with your little love affair? Yeah. Wait, is Tim still there? He hung no, up. he's he's hung he's hung up. He's gone. He's bye bye. Yeah, we're done. All right. Uh, yes. Thanks very much to Tim Brown for the stat of the day and breaking down the uh, Hall of Fame. I feel like uh, he gave a really weak. It was stat. a weak ass stat of the day. <laughs> like that but, but he made up oh, for it. Stop the betting line yeah. on the <laughs> Super Bowl. That was one of his weaker weaker stats of the day. But he made up for it with the Hall of Fame. He brought it with the Hall of Fame talk. So I'll give him I'll give him that. He bailed himself out. Thank you, Tim. Um, all right, now it is time for Geekin' and Deacon. This is where we break down hockey. This is a pre-recorded interview with uh, Luca and myself. Luca is one of our hockey gas bags that comes around during hockey season. He pre-recorded it because I have no hockey. That's not true. He's also in Michigan, and they're three hours ahead of us. Oh, so I had oh. to do. It. I had to keep in keeping him oh, in mind. Oh, he's a Michigan Wolverines fan. No, he went to Michigan State. He would ju- he would jump down your throat if he I was joking. Okay. I knew he was a Spartan the whole time. <laughs> he's Lance. All right, uh, so yeah, without further ado, it's time for Deacon and Geekin'. Uh, but hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. And it's time for Geekin' and Deacon here on the Cohort Sports Report. We welcome back, welcome, you like that? We welcome back friend of the show, our hockey, one of our hockey insiders, Luca Spence. Luca, how are you doing? How's it going, Jeff? It's great to be back on. Uh, just freezing on my ass off out here in Michigan, dude. It's been we've been getting hit by a really big cold wave recently, but other than that, it's pretty good. Yeah, I've been looking at job opportunities on LinkedIn, and I've seen some stuff out in the Midwest, like Chicago, Michigan area. I was like, hmm, I don't know if I could hold the cold though. Yeah, uh, take it from someone who knows. The first couple of years when we moved back from California, my blood was so thin winters I literally couldn't go outside if it was under like forty degrees. I would just bundle up. But you build up an immunity, and then I think it also helped that I was packing on some beer pounds, too, so that never hurts. Yeah, that's not good. I know. It's like, it's cold here in the morning when I try to get up to work out, because I usually don't do that till the afternoon. But, like, I I can't imagine waking up and just seeing snow everywhere. I just be like, get me out of here. It's the worst, dude. It's just getting getting up, getting out of the shower in the morning is the absolute worst. You just feel like you live in just Antarctica. It's crazy, man. I, I don't know. Yeah, when I went off to Hawaii my freshman year, that uh, I came back and like if it dropped below sixty, I was freezing, and I still don't feel like I've gotten over that yet. So we'll see. I, I don't know. Wherever life takes me, I'll be ready though. Uh, clothing appropriate. <laughs> All right. So uh, I misidentified you as a hockey insider. I don't know if you're actually talking to any teams. We'll just call you a hockey gas bag. How about that? That seems a little bit more appropriate. And uh, in your gas baggery, I was noticing on your Twitter timeline last night, uh, or you popped across my Twitter timeline, I should say. It says, watching this Wings-Oilers game and just realized that, am I going to pronounce this right, Chiarelli? 
Peter Chirelli. Chirelli. So it's chi- like, like Tia, Tia Pets. Oh, Chirelli. Tia. Okay, my bad. All right. Chirelli <laughs> had both the top two picks of the 2010 draft and traded both away. How is this fool still a general manager in the national? Well, it turns out the Oilers fired him today. So what's what, what was going on there? Who were the top prospects that he had and traded away? Well, this is actually a really unique situation. Back in 2010, uh, that was the year that Taylor Hall and Tyler Sagan were the one-two punch of the NHL entry draft. And he was, back in that day, Shirelli was actually the GM of the Boston Bruins. So he trade, he got Tyler Sagan with the number two overall pick, ended up winning a Stanley Cup. And then a year after that, he traded him to Dallas because he was not fitting in with the culture of the team. Hmm. Problem child, or just like you just think that he kind of he, he didn't like Chirelli didn't didn't visualize him with the with the team like a future with the team. Um, I was a little off the ice issues from what I hear. I guess the the culture in Boston at that point was kind of a bunch of old married guys, and then Sagan is this young superstar, second overall pick. You already won a cup when he's eighteen years old. Like you kind of get a little cocky at that point. It's, I definitely would if I was eighteen. So, <laughs> so that's. A little bit of it, but from what I heard, it wasn't that bad. He just, looking back on it, that's a terrible move because Sagan's one of the best players in the National Hockey League right now. Imagine him on the Bruins team right now. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, I'm watching. You you turned me on to this Maple uh, Leafs-Caps game. I want to shift gears real quick. How about that Caps-Sharks game? We spoke briefly of it when we first started recording, before we hit the record button. Um, So, again, our boy, no no color cane. Coming up with a big, big goal to send him into OT. I, uh, I, dude, I violated my playoff hockey rule, and I'm doing it again. But you know, I, I, f- I just feel bad for whatever teams I put a hex on. But that was one hell of a game last night. What were your takeaways? Did you see any of the highlights? Oh yeah, I watched all the highlights earlier today. It was an excellent game. Uh, that's a huge, huge statement win for the Sharks coming back, battling back down like that against the defending Cup champions who are on a six-game road skid. So you know they really wanted to win that one, and just that's a huge character-defining win by the Sharks right there as they prepare to make a launch in the playoffs. Second-best team in the Western Conference right now. Can I say that definitively? Yes, they are a point ahead of the Jets. As I check, yeah, they're, as I check the standings right now. <laughs> they're, coming, they're coming in hot. I mean, they're playing the right hockey at the right times. A lot of people thought at the very beginning of the year that Eric Carlson, because he, he didn't have a goal in like his first 15 games or something like that. But he's really coming to his own on the San Jose back end now. I think he's got like 45 points or something. Mm-hmm. So, but they are missing a couple people to injury, correct? They do have a few man games missed, and there's uh, the goaltending's been a little bit of an issue of late. But I mean, one, if they can get firing on all cylinders, I really like the way the Sharks have been playing right now. And if they can keep it up and get a little bit peak at the right times, I think they have a legitimate shot at getting Jumbo Joe as cup. It's an entertaining uh, form of hockey to watch. I'm sure hockey purists don't like it, but it's just the fact of the matter is is I want to see goals scored. You know, I don't need to see a goal scored every 30 seconds, but I want one, like, you know, every five minutes just to keep my interest. Just when the lull comes, you know, and it's like, oh, man, there's about to be a commercial break. Oh, nope, just kidding. There's a goal. All right, I can get down with this again. You know, just something to keep me keep me hooked in the game. So what do you, what do you think uh, about the, the high-scoring games that we've seen lately, at least on the Sharks' end? But, I mean, I... Oh, I'm... Uh, scoring in the league overall is definitely a big here. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not a huge numbers guy. I don't know how much, but it seems like there's been a lot of more shootouts kind of like sit, uh, to bridge the gap a little bit, kind of like the Kansas city chiefs. They're just, uh, instead of having like 14, seven games, we're going like 35, 28. 
and high scoring affairs. And I think that's really good for especially people who don't like who aren't as hockey purists like my dad and like all these old Canadians who like their defensive rug of slug of hockey. <laughs> they like they want their guys to be throwing fights all the time. They want huge hits and stuff. And although that is really fun to watch, too. I think more the casual fan likes to see these guys dangle, likes to see these guys go bar down, hands up for the boys. Like, I, I think that's better for the game, to be honest. I say, as a casual fan myself, one of the one of the strategies I hate is let's just screen out the goalie. So you'll see puck movement between four guys, and then there'll be the fifth one that just sits in front of the goalie. And I'm just like, man, like you could be out there. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. From a casual Casual fan, I'm thinking to myself, you could be getting in the mix, helping the puck movement, but I guess by standing in the way of the goalie, you're kind of helping out too. Just seems kind of yeah. bush league. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, that's more power play play because, uh, I mean, the goalies in the National Hockey League are so talented these days. You're especially if they're feeling really on, you're not gonna, they're not gonna let up like a pretty much a shot if they can see it. So if you try to take his eyes away, even if it's not the hardest shot, if it's just kind of. A seeing eye puck is what they call it. If it if can see a little bit of net, sometimes it doesn't have to be the hardest shot as long as you got some strategic blockers in front. Yeah, and then have they continued shrinking goalies' pads, or was that just something that they implemented a couple years ago and then haven't really looked back since? Because I remember hearing that they shrunk the sides of the pads by a couple inches, and it doesn't seem like a lot, but... Yeah, they definitely shrunk them down this year, and then they were thinking uh, somebody, I forgot who it was, was trying to make the nets a little bit bigger too. Mm. And uh, that was one of the things that was brought up in the general manager's meeting, I think, this year. And as we can see, the scoring's already up high enough. If anything, they might want to beef the pads up a little bit. Uh, well, would you be in favor of shrinking pads, opening up the opening up more of a goal, but then you'd also have to keep it, you'd have to keep the crease relative in size. So you'd have to increase the size of the crease, or would you rather see? Um, Oh, shit, I lost my thought process there. Basically, what I was going to say is, do you want to see smaller pads or a bigger goal? Which one would you want to see? Um, I would rather see bigger goal because if you make the pads any smaller... Oh, Caps just scored right there. Nice. Power play goal. Like Kuznetsov? Um, uh, Kuznetsov, yeah. Kuznetsov to Backstrom, little on-the-doorstep tap in Hawaria. <laughs> I like the Leafs got the uh, Lego Batman on his on uh, his, the goalie helmet. Is that Anderson? Yeah from the replay. Um, okay, so jumping back to what I wanted to talk about, what is, who is the biggest uh, disappointment in the first half of the season as we are approaching the – this is the last game before the All-Star break, correct? Correct, yeah. All-Star all -Star games in San Jose. You guys should go uh, maybe go see the skills competition. The All-Star game these days sucks. It's the three-on-three -three format is the worst, but the skills competition is always a good thing to see. Okay, we'll start with there first because that was another question. What, what? So the skills competitions, good to see the the game, not so much. What goes on in the skills competition? Well, they change it up every year, but uh, a lot of times they'll do. For fact, they do the hardest shot, the accurate shooting, fastest skater, and then they do uh, a breakaway challenge, which pretty much is every single player goes in on the goalie and tries to score, and it's kind of like a uh, like like survival. Like if you whoever the last man standing wins. So that was always fun to see because they always bust out some sick dangles for that. Mm -hmm. And then they usually have some sort of like team relay where it incorporates like skating, passing, shooting. Uh, they'll have like a, a neutral zone, like one touch saucer pass into like a small net. And then somebody will have to go do like a little obstacle course. And it kind of just incorporates every single aspect of the. Oh, cool. Sorry. 
Yeah, every single aspect of the game. Yeah, Kadri, Kadri just put that one in too. This is this is going to be a good game. You can already tell. <laughs> Lots of scoring. I like it. Um, so, is there is there like a talent show? Because I don't know if you saw the uh, the recent clip of the KHL. They had a guy playing a guitar just out on the ice. He just he just decided to post up and he's like, I'm going to play all little diddly or diddy. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. That was okay. weird. That's definitely something that only happens in Russia. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so back to the original question. Who's the biggest disappointment in the first half this year? Um, I'm going to go with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, to me, actually, I really love to watch that franchise struggle. I mean, I just don't like Chicago sports fans in general. Okay. Uh, I think they've been pretty entitled as of late, especially with the Blackhawks. So uh, just, I mean... With all their cup runs and stuff, they paid Kane and Taves a lot of money, and rightfully so, because they've done really great things for the city of Chicago and uh, the Blackhawks in general. But now that uh, Taves has lost a, a step or two, and then some of these young guys that they've drafted haven't really panned out, they're, uh, they just don't really have the cap room necessary for better players, and it shows with their record right now. They're sitting last place in the Western Conference. So not only do they have shit prospects, they have no cap room on top of it to improve their current standing. Correct. Wow. All right. Uh, who's the biggest or biggest surprise in the first half? I'm going to go with the New York Islanders on this one. I think I came on uh, one of the first Deacon and Deacon segments earlier on in the year and said that I wouldn't be surprised if they were bottom three teams in the league because they got rid of Tavares in the offseason. They really didn't acquire any, like, scoring or anything but what i will say is barry trotz their coach people forget that he won a cup with the capitals and we signed there for a little bit more money he is really whipped the team into shape and he's getting the most out of all their guys they really don't have too much uh they don't really have one guy doing scoring scoring by committee and i think that's why it works out really well for them are they kind of like the patriots of the hockey of hockey right now i wouldn't go that far okay, but like just the way yeah. they get to buy into the team, and I'm not saying they continue like they they win, you know, uh, perennially. I'm just saying the way they buy into a team aspect, you know, it's us against the world. Like who, which is, which is the NHL team that's most like the uh, the New England Patriots? That's actually a really good question. Um, I'm Thank gonna you. have to go with the Penguins. Uh, they kind of have, like you said, the us versus them mentality. They all like Sid is. Uh, he has been called the greatest player in the world, and I think that's true over the last 10 years. But now that we see McDavid step in, I'm probably going to go with him as being the number one player in the world. But Crosby's just got it done so many times in the playoffs, and he knows how to win. He knows how to lead. And if you look at whoever he has on his line, they're always pretty much two nobodies in Sid. And he just always seems to peak at the right times, just like Tom Brady. Like I'm pretty sure the Patriots lost to – yeah, they lost the Lions, and everybody was – calling for heads to roll and everybody in Detroit was walking around like they're 10 feet tall. And sure enough, here the Patriots are again in the Super Bowl. And I wouldn't be surprised if somehow the, the Penguins eat their way to another Stanley Cup. They always, they're always in that contention. Yeah, Lions fans got excited after that Patriots win, but forgot that they got shellacked by a rookie quarterback on Monday night. Um, yeah. So now my question is, because we're going to connect this back to the Super Bowl, which team in the NHL right now is most like the Rams? The Flashes, they, they, not, not like they got a young head coach, but they're just they're playing out of the box. They're not, not a traditional team, lots of scoring. They're flying around. They're fun to watch. Oh, for sure, Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. um, okay. They got all, they got Stamkos. He's actually my favorite player in the league. Uh, first overall pick back in, I think, 06. Just a sniper, but he's really evolved his game into being more of an overall, uh, not so much just one-timer from the hash marks guy. He can pass 
the puck a lot now too. And then with the emergence of Nikita Kucherov, another young Russian superstar, their team is just steamrolling people left and right. Plus they got three lines that can legitimately score and two very solid sets of D playing in front of a great goalie and Andre Vasilevsky. So honestly, I think the Tampa Bay Lightning, if they keep playing like they are, they could win the cup. They are the overall points leader in the league right now. And um, looking, mulling over some numbers right now, it looks like they have the highest goal differential, too, at 59. That's absolutely absurd. So Yeah, they've been steamrolling teams for sure. Uh, I mentioned to you earlier that for those uh, individuals out there that like to use services like Bovada or uh, other gambling websites, what... Aside from the Lightning, who's a team that you would say is like you're pretty? You could you you might put money on them to win the cup, but uh, you know, on a day to day operation, who would you bet on as well? So who's your long term that you could see them? I know you mentioned the Penguins briefly, um, and then who would be your day to day like you want to put money on them? Because more times than not, you're gonna be in the green. Uh, Calgary Flames. They're actually a really good team. Not too much uh, publicity about them, but they're. I don't, I don't have the standings in front of me right now, but I want to say they're, like, top five in the league, maybe even top three in the – I know they're, like, top two, top three in the Western Conference right now. They're a really good team. Johnny Goudreau, Sean Monaghan, and Elias Lindholm have been lighting up the league right now. They, their line has, like, 200 points already this year. So they're a pretty good team to win on a day-to-day basis. As far as the cup goes, I think a good kind of dark horse bet to win the cup would be the Winnipeg Jets. They're, mm-hmm. uh, okay. they're built – they're really good. They're built for playoff hockey. Uh, they went to the Western Conference Finals last year. Just got eked out by Vegas's first year beginners luck. I think they really got it. They got they're a big, fast, strong, skilled team playing in front of a good goalie and a really good coach. And the atmosphere up in Winnipeg is second to none apparently for their team. I was gonna say I just heard a recent interview. Um, I think it was on the Jim Rome show where he was talking to the coach of the Jets. I, I forget his name already, but um, he's saying that Winnipeg ain't the ain't the flashiest place in the world. It's like a Green Bay, Wisconsin. Like it's not a, there's not a whole bunch of nightlife, but you focus on football and you got a nice fan base behind you that's there. You know, in this case, hockey, but you got a nice fan base that's there to support the the crew. I believe. It was uh, Curtis Klinger, our other hockey gas bag, who was who was uh, making the accusation last year that he thought Winnipeg was pumping in noise during the playoff games. Is there any credence to that? Could you you want to you want to jump in on that conspiracy? Um, <laughs> I love Kurt, but I'm not gonna double down on his conspiracy <laughs> right here. I think what uh, the, the I have heard that arena is really loud because it's an old, smaller arena, and the fans are right on top of you, so okay. it's not. Uh, and they're just a bunch of drunk Canadians who live in Winnipeg. So, like, if you add that all together, they're going to make a lot of noise. Shouts out to you, Canada. Uh, okay, so, and then you mentioned the Golden Knights' beginner's luck. So, right now, I, as I see it, they're third in the Pacific Division. They would be, they would make the playoffs, uh, as weird as the playoff system is in hockey. Um, what what kind of a year are they expecting? What kind of a, a road ahead do they have? You think it's You think it's a positive outlook or a negative outlook? Oh, I definitely think Vegas is going to make the playoffs again. I don't think they're going to make quite the big of a run as they did last year. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they won one series, but I think they'll win the. But I think the teams you really got to watch out for in the West are going to be uh, Nashville and Winnipeg. They're going to be your two teams that you're going to have to beat to get out of the. Western Conference Finals, not Vegas. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to the Sharks' playoff run that will eventually leave us, uh, you know, blue-balled again. You know, hey, I come on for the right time. I make sure to hop on the Sharks' bandwagon at playoff time, and I don't try to act more invested than the the OG fans, but I'm there for the ride, you know, Bay Area represent. So, 
I'm going to be riding with the Sharks this year, dude, because uh, the Wings are literally last place in the show right now. I was so going to say, what's, going on, with, what's no... going on with your Wings? <laughs> They're not technically last place. They got two points up on the Senators, but I guess that's not, you know, that's like, and the Devils, but that's not too good. Actually, I'm, I'm looking at the standings right now. The Red Wings are ahead of the Flyers, Devils, and Senators. So I don't know if that, that can't be good, but what's going on with them? They're just, uh, well, we've had a lot of man games missed, especially on our uh, defensive back end. I mean, we, our defense, even if healthy, I think uh, even the best guy on our defense would be maybe a top four defense any other team. We just, we really don't have anybody. Plus, we lost Danny DeKaiser. He's pretty much our number one stay-at-home guy for, he played, he's only played like five games this year. So we've been having to play rookies and guys from the AHL. And that never really works out when, you don't have the best goalie back there. Mm-hmm. So we kind of been hanging the boys out to dry, and then we don't have too much depth scoring either. So it's just not, not a recipe for success. Okay. Well, it's looking like the, the NHL is going to have a great second half. I'm actually – I'm not going to lie, especially with the current outlook of the Super Bowl, I'm kind of just like, all right, let's get football over with already so I can fully divert my attention to basketball and hockey because that is it is a fun time of year when those two are going on. I can flip back and forth and keep track of both. Uh, any shout-outs you want to give? Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, the uh, your fearless co-host who couldn't be on with us today, Brendan Flanagan. Happy birthday, Flan! He's out getting shmemmered or whatever he Hell does, yeah. shit face. I don't know, a rage face, whatever Flan uses. I don't know. He goes off to those festivals and just loses his mind, and then comes back and has a bunch of different stories to tell. So good on him for that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the, Luca, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, I enjoyed doing this. I'm try. I want to get you on more frequently. And of course, now that the the hockey season is is picking up and and we're kind of lulling out here in the sports world, I think that should be able to happen more. I had an idea in the shower actually the other day. Why doesn't hockey consider moving it moving their sport to summertime? Because right now it's like we just have the occasional like summertime right now is baseball. Don't get me wrong. I mean you're a, you're a baseball and hockey player, so I know you enjoy baseball. But, you know, the season's long as shit. Uh, there is that lull in July where we just have nothing going on. I think that's when the Stanley Cup Finals should be played. I think that they should rotate the season because we've got a lot of football and a lot of basketball going on right now. I think ho- it would behoove hockey to come on and pick up force right as basketball's ending and baseball's starting. And then that you get this nice little rotation of, like, it kind of works out in the sport- sports ethos because we'd have a championship season every, you know, all, all year round. Do you like that? I mean, not... I'm gonna. I can't get on board with you. This one would. Okay. Uh, this is. I mean, on theory, that's great. That's great for like the sports watchers and stuff. But like, as you know, uh, just playing like baseball and stuff. Even in like the middle of winter in California, like like fall ball and stuff. That's just dreary and it just it doesn't feel right. Kind of the same thing. If, like you would be lacing them up in the middle of July for the cup. That just doesn't really feel right and not really playing in the winter as much. And hockey players are big golfers too on the off on oh, the off okay. season. So a lot of that. guys, yeah, a lot of guys like to take their golf trips and relax and cop tans and whatnot. So uh, that's a great on theory. That'd be great. I would definitely love to watch hockey all year round. And but unfortunately, it just doesn't work like that. Okay, I will hit the drawing board and we'll come up with another. We'll come up with another uh, another way. All right. Thank you so much, Luca, for doing this. Until next time, sir. Oh, thanks for having me on. What I love, I love going on the CSR, man. Got to get on more often. We got to have the me and Curtis crossover episode. I know it's gonna happen soon. It's tough with him in Canada though, and he's on that international plan. We'll we'll hash out the details. Don't you worry. I'll make sure it happens before before playoffs before the NHL playoffs start. We'll get you guys on. You guys can uh, 
talk shit to each other, say, no, I know more than you. And then since he's Canadian, he'll be like, all respect, boot. I know more about hockey than you do. And it'll be really cool. Because, like, <laughs> you're right on the border of being Canadian, and he's actually, like, full, like, you know, immersed himself in Canada. So that would be, like, the nicest hockey debate ever. That would be a, a quite the spicy debate. I can't wait. <laughs> all right, dude. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Thank you, Jeff. See you. There are winners. I'm by winning. Winner, winner. Ultimate winner. Wow, winning. And there are losers. Loser, 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 loser. Winners and losers for what we should call, actually, after that interview, I'm going to call it the All-Star Game, uh, NHL All-Star Game episode. How about that? Because there's really no football going on. Sure. And I'm not calling it the Pro Bowl preview because that's not we're not breaking down the Pro Bowl. No. No. Not at all. So, yes, the, the uh, winners and losers for the NHL All-Star Game episode. How about that? Sure. To the hockey cohort. Shout them out. All right, winners and losers. John, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, MLK Day was on Monday, and Florida State, their recruiting page, tweeted out a picture of Martin Luther King Jr. with his hand outstretched, and it had a Nike Vapor Glove on it, an FSU Nike Vapor Glove, and the words, do something, written behind it. Uh, so I think as a way to to get recruits to try and appeal to wow. recruits, saying, "Hey, and okay." The Photoshop was so good though; they even put the shadowing on the glove on his arm. Like it was so detailed. They shortly deleted it after, and then the guy who who made it was like, "I'm sorry, that was really stupid. I thought it was cool at the time, and I realized that my actions are dumb." Blah blah blah. It was just kind of disrespectful, right? Yeah. Uh, it was Let's still use this platform. <laughs> to to rec- uh. yeah to capitalize on recruiting yeah hey, we care that's we a, care. it's a little cringy you know what's so funny is like it's the Florida State Seminoles and I love I love when when teams or schools that have uh you know a little bit edgier monikers or what the public is deeming you know you look at the Washington R words yeah, and yeah. now you, yeah. Uh, the Stanford, the Stanford used to be the Stanford Indians before they were the Cardinal. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, that way back in the day. Been a stat of, it's not a stat. Well, I know, but just the fact of the day. It's just a throwback. Yeah. Um, than what but Tim gave us, but, but uh, yeah. So I just think it's so funny. Like anytime the Washington R words tweet out Happy Thanksgiving during football season, <laughs> it never, it never fails. It just some things just don't, just aren't yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this was just one of them where it was just like, what are you doing? I get it. I mean, I don't get it at all. Um, all right, next up. Oh, so we're going to say they're a loser. Yeah, I think they're that's a loser. loser. Okay. Yeah, losing for that. All right, next up on winners, losers, uh, laser gate. And I only throw gate on it because the Patriots were involved. And this one I didn't hear about until uh, until I saw some video pop around some of the media. Uh, there was apparently the Chiefs are investigating a guy who's using a laser pointer at the AFC Championship game. There was a couple plays where it would show green flashes on Tom Brady's jersey and around the helmet area. And uh, if you're going to beat the cha- Patriots, you can't punch down. All right? You can't cheat like they used to. Wait, so allegedly. the Chiefs are investigating? The Chiefs are investigating fans that were using a laser pointer on Tom Brady during the game. And the only reason I say this is laser gate because could you imagine what would happen if it was the other way around? If they played this game in Foxborough and there was a laser pointer, we would be up in a, We would have started the show off with that for sure. Why are the Chiefs investigating it? Because it's just, I mean, it's not sportsmanlike. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I didn't notice that. I'm going to say Lasergate is a loser right now until anything develops from it because the Patriots ended up winning. So using the laser. I bet that doesn't go anywhere. And what you were doing. Yeah, right. That story's going to die. But oh, using the laser for its intended purpose, you failed because Tom Brady was still really good in overtime and your defense was bad and you needed to help your defense and your defense was just so, so bad. Yeah. Uh, also a loser. I forget his name, but the Chiefs D coordinator has since been fired. Yeah, he got shit canned. Relieved of his duties. Makes it sound nicer. 
All right, next up on the winners losers list, I'm just gonna go and and just make this declaration right here. Larry Fitzgerald is returning for his 16th NFL season. He is a winner, not only because he's a great wide receiver, uh, been with the Cardinals his entire career. He is also a University of Phoenix alum. Just like what a stud. Just like yours truly. So thank you very is much. Is he under contract? Yeah. He's coming back so for he's one. He's gonna be a cardinal, huh? He's gonna be one more year. Yeah, he's coming back. I actually, I don't know if he's under contract. I did think, he say one but more he, year? Or but did he, he announced. Just say no, he announced he's coming back. I don't know if he said specifically one more year, but he said he's coming back. He's got intentions to come back, and I think it'd be foolish for the Cardinals to not pick up Larry Fitz. Well, of course, but he is he the most famous Arizona Cardinal? Oh my gosh, hands down. I would say the only other ones that could come up close to him would be uh, Pat Tillman. For obvious reasons, yeah. And then, uh, what was his name? Rod Tidwell. No, I think that was when it. you come on. Okay, Larry, Larry, Fitz, Larry Cardinals, Fitz. Larry Fitzgerald. Come okay, on, sorry. one of the classiest, one of the most loyal, one of the most talented. A class act, class act. Just, oh man, never get tired of seeing number eleven and those dreads uh, flopping you, underneath the helmet and him making amazing how catches. How about this one? I'm I'm a believer, and I love it when someone sticks with the same team mm-hmm. their whole career. I love it. It's refreshing. It, it really is. But would you rather him come back to the Cardinals where they're not going to do anything? He's probably got a shitty quarterback throwing the ball. Or would you like to see Larry Fitz go to a contender for one year um, and go for that ring? No. I'd say at this point, he deserves it more than anybody because they got there back in 2010 and lost to my Pittsburgh Steelers. But Hell of a game. It was. It was a great game. Great catch by Santana Holmes. Great great throw by Big Ben, too. 2010, but wow. it wasn't that Larry Fitzgerald. You were Fitz, just a young buck. Yeah, like younger, but I was still able to enjoy it. I t- I, you I were old it. enough to like really soak it in. You I think? soaked it in, and I, and I know I didn't take it for granted because the loss against the Packers a few years later, that one really stung. Oh. And I just thought back. I was like, you know what, though? We stole one from the Cardinals. They did. Was that up. the Santonio Holmes game? Yeah, that was Big Ben to Santonio Holmes. Yeah, Larry Fitz had a big old run there, so, too. So we he had a catch and run, and then um, fuck, James Harrison had the longest interception return for a touchdown. So we would agree we'd like to see Larry Fitz back with the Cardinals. I'd say just because it wouldn't look right. He wouldn't look right in any other uniform i just want the cardinals to be good for one year just having an abnormally great year they won't be i want rosen to come out and throw the ball all over the field and larry fitz to catch 15 touchdowns right off into the sunset they might give up on rosen really fast i think so too if they gave up on their coach that fast why wouldn't they give up on rosen even though they kind of took him pretty high up that's cool though larry fitz might try and trade him off okay um first ballot hall of famer (laughs) speaking of hall of famers all right next up on the winners losers list another post postponing of retirement uh, Tim Howard, the U.S. national team goalie, or was the U.S. national team goalie, not anymore. He has announced that he will be retiring after this upcoming season. I don't even know what team he plays on. Does he play for the, the Sounders, I think? You don't know what MLS team he plays for? Nope, I do not. Me neither. Yep, okay, there you go. So, uh, I'm not a huge soccer guy. Tim, Howard, Tim Howard's around for another year. That's a win just because for, you know, old time's sake, I guess. is that, that's We've reached that portion of the show where it's just, hey, for old time's sake, that's cool. I don't know if he's going to be able to provide much, uh, but... We'll, we'll see. I wonder if he's like a starter or a backup. Yeah, right. Know. Just He's going to be one of those guys. We need you to just you know help mature the locker room as we go along. I'll, I'll come next week with some Tim Howard knowledge. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, next up on the winner's loser's list, did you see the slow-mo video at the Lakers game of an exchange between one Manny Pacquiao and one Floyd Mayweather? I did, and you want me to just... The most awkward no, dap-up no, no, in the... No, 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 you want me to say something real quick, Jeff? This is a loser. This handshake's a loser, though, right? I'm just going to put it that way. 
Have you ever failed a handshake with somebody? I have, and it stings. Okay, you know what? It happens, but it's all about the love. It's all about the, hey, buddy, how you doing? I went for a knuckle pound the (laughs) I wish we had a video here. I went for a knuckle pound the other day for some guy I hadn't seen. I love the guy. His name is Julio. And he (laughs) went to shake my hand. And I knuckle pound into his hand. Oh no! And then he goes for the knuckle pound. Oh, I go for the handshake. And then you guys so just, he just grab it. He grab my <laughs> wrist and he fucking shakes my hand and knuckle pounds it himself. Uh. And, then, and and you know what? It was a little weird, but at the end of the day, it was all love. Took matters into his own. <laughs> yeah, it was good for that guy. Right? It was good that they chose to dap each other up, but like in the slow-mo, it was so awkward because it, exactly what you described is Pacquiao goes for the <laughs> yeah, open yeah. the open hand dap, and Floyd Mayweather's like, no, we're going nuts. He goes over the shoulder knuckle pound, which is kind of disrespectful. Yeah, <laughs> right? And then Floyd like it, and Floyd actually ends up hitting him more than I think he did in their original fight together. Yeah, it's I like, think so. Yeah. What should have happened? You should have been a gentleman, uh, Floyd. You should have stood up, turned around. Just when you dap, are you dapping just the handshake, the the initial clap to the shift in the hand? Or are you going clap, shift, shoulder? Okay, can I tell you? I fucking hate when people do the, the like, the thumb, like the pop, the pop, the shift to the to the one, shoulder to the one arm behind the back shoulder. I hate oh, it. I don't go left. So if what we're, I like, <laughs> here's what I do. I'll give you the I'll give you the shake. Here you go, Jeff. You gotta look at me because they can't see the shake. The shake into like the, like the double hand hug, like the what? quick man, like that's the really quick weird. man pat. No, that's awkward. No, it's not, <laughs> dude. That's when you're like, brother, you bring it in your handshake, and then you're like, what's up, man? That uh, is some genuine shit. I feel that's like, what I. Go I feel for. like we've talked about this on the show before. I don't know if it was with you explicitly, <laughs> no, but it it's like I don't go when I go when you go when you go hand shift and then shoulder right. I don't go other arm behind the back. That's real weird. I and, think the shoulder's weird, sh- No, the shoulder's just a, hey, what's up? We close enough to where we can bump shoulders, and it's, hey, how's it going? And then if I'm really cool with you, I'm holding on to that hand as we extend my head out. I'm extending, and then I let go. And then go. you give another, like, No, 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 no. I don't, do, I don't get into that. That's like Monte Ellis. Like, like did it. you ever see the video of Monte dapping up the security guards and the hand signals that he would do with them? It was it was a sight to see. I, if I, I, into the mic, If please. I really, well, I'm pulling back. <laughs> from if, three. If I if I love you, man, I'm gonna bring it in for the hug right of the way. I'm gonna give you maybe the sh- the shake with the sh- with the uh, tricep pat, like the yeah, shoulder yeah. pat. Or I'm telling you, dude, I'm telling you the signature hand normal handshake into the bro hug, where it's like the quick. The pat on the shoulder feels like dad. But I have a, like, I have hey, a friend going, I have kid? a friend Garrett, and he always goes for the. I love Garrett, but he always goes for the. The fucking, <laughs> I can't even describe it. Like the, the pop and then the. That's what I see. It goes for the. I hate it. Pop shift shoulder. He's so the, dorky. I go, Gary, don't do that shit with me. Shake my hand like a fucking man. If I haven't seen one of my homies in a long time, like I haven't seen what Luca and I, we've we've kept in contact via the podcast. If I, I if I go if I see him in person, he's getting a hug. He's getting a hug. We've been boys since like twelve years old. You and I, we just knuckle pound. You know. Well, that's when you come in. But when we when you leave, <laughs> when you come in, it's it's usually business. It's, we hey, hug pretty it's, tight. Hey, right? Welcome, knuckle. Dap you up with the knucks. Now sit your ass down because we got a podcast to yeah. record. Yeah. But then when you leave, that's when the love will. Sh- I'll, I'll I'll demonstrate a little bit more love. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with the I, pop shit. For the shoulder. record, I normally just walk right. <laughs> well, you know, you might start getting a little extra now that we we're talked gonna, about. We're gonna we're gonna try the handshake hug. Thing. We're gonna. I will try my way. 
way and we'll try your way and we'll see which way is the more awkward way when this is over. We, we, we really should have, this would have been the time to have a third co-host to videotape it. That would have been great content. We'll revisit this next Wednesday. Don't let us forget. Uh, so here's our homework for the week. Maybe we start going around. Trying so, a bunch of different yeah, shit. Asking people. It all depends on who who it is and too. how comfort how comfortable you are with them. Yeah, yeah. And then also if they're a weirdo too, because they might because maybe you're more comfortable with with them then, than they are with yeah. you. And they're going, and that's awkward. Oh yeah. But I always it's, throw that it's on them. It's kind of rare, but you have like you're going for the hug or someone's going for the hug, and you're like, oh, I don't think we're you got to deflect, deflect, deflect in that situation. It's all their fault because you were the one that was willing to do it. They were the one that was apprehensive, like, whoa, what's wrong? Now we, now we got beef. I went from dapping you up to now I want to fuck you up. All right, let's go. Nuts. Like, wow, it doesn't escalate that fast, but it'll definitely leave you wondering where you're just Jeff like, what's up? super intense right What's there, up with that guy? I yeah. would not fuck with Jeff. Yeah, man. feathers were all ruffled. I was I was peacocking hard. <laughs> Dude, that, looks like, that looks like a flashback to a time you got rejected on a hug or something. Ooh. What's up, dog? <laughs> you can't hug now? Uh, you should have seen how bad I took rejections back in high school i would go run away she doesn't want my number i can't have her number just kidding i never did that i would get upset i'd just be like oh man i'm ugly and then i would get over it because there'd be a game you ever had a big heartbreaker back in the day oh yeah i had i you want to hear a funny my high school was riddled with them yeah sure dude we're not on impressed for time or anything go ahead no go ahead tell your story long story short so this (laughs) is like the weakest moment of my life i'm not gonna name her name i'm a freshman in high school i think this girl's super cute how old is she freshman oh okay i thought you were swinging up here for a second super cute and I finally get the courage to ask her. Which out. is tough back in that in that. Time. It was hard. I was very self conscious. He, here's how this is all of it. So not anymore. So I finally I get the courage to ask her out after class, after school. Where were you gonna take her? I was just asked. I was like, hey, you wanna be my girlfriend? Oh. <laughs> like that one of those. I wasn't like, hey, let's go on a date. I was like, hey, we I I vibe you. <laughs> anyway, so I have my backpack on, and somebody we connect on a kinetic level. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was one of my good my good buddies from my childhood comes up and he jumps on my shoulders oh, and back no. and like rides my backpack down. I go down on a knee right after <laughs> I asked this girl out. <laughs> Embarrassing as shit. I was a freshman, and my at that time I was like, you know, I was I was kind of awkward with girls, and I wasn't like I wasn't ready to do all that stuff, right? I was maybe holding hands, making out. That's what I was ready for. It was a simpler time, and I like I didn't even like really talk to her much the first two days, <laughs> like we were quote unquote dating, right? It was like, oh, I got a girlfriend, and she breaks up with me at the football game oh. that Friday. In the stands, and, oh. I, and I just fucking cried oh, no. <laughs> in front of everybody, <laughs> and I cried because I had this fucking. I finally got the courage to ask her out, right? I finally had the balls. She says yes. I'm like, yeah, and then I get fucking tabletop basically <laughs> down to the ground, and then she dumps me in front of a good amount of people. I'm sitting there, and I start crying. And I think the the tears came from like. Just like, fucking like, I finally got the courage. And this is what happened. And this is what, f- and and you know why she said yes to going out with me? Oh, pity yes. She felt bad. She oh, was pinned no. in a corner probably. Oh, no. And uh, I'll, I'll one-up you though because, actually, I don't know if I could one-up you. I just had she two. She was really cute too. This just gives you a, an idea for how, how self-conscious I was. Um, so... <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't actually cry in the stands. But I, 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 I did. I, 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 so two. These are two different girls. Not the same. Not the same chick. One again. I won't. I won't say their name. Um. I asked her for a number one time, and uh, <laughs> and she said yes. And my dumbass. This shows you how good I was back in the day. I said really. <laughs> I gave. Her, <laughs> I gave. Her
gave her a second chance to shut me down. She didn't, so very nice of her. Yeah. But yeah, I I, I, got, <laughs> I gave her an out. I was just like, you see what you're getting right here. You wanna you wanna give that away? Um, it didn't go very far. And then the other one was I was so smooth for some reason. This was like sophomore, junior year, of high school. Uh, I didn't realize that you know I'd been in high school for a, a while already. You know, so I knew the I knew the the program, but I just <laughs> thought you know I was above the program. I just went up to some chick and asked her to prom. I didn't I didn't do a whole promposal or anything. Oh, I don't think you had. No, uh, it was a thing back in the day. So no, I think she fuck did, that she shit. fired back a quick note because I think she felt disrespected. She's like, "What are you doing? <laughs> you just walking up here? Just you of all people? Just did you know up her well? I had a class with her. <laughs> so, so was it kind of like you were? We the sat guy, near each other in class on. and we were kicking it. So I was like, "All right, I'll try and get her but to go prom." Got, were you guys homecoming were you or guys whatever? Friends then. or would you just? No, 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 no. I was definitely, I was definitely just taking a shot. I was just shooting a shot, shoot or shoot. So you she was it. cute. You thought she was cute. Yeah. You didn't know if she thought you were cute. I found out I was not cute. So she just said no. Yeah, we'll wow. see. Things have since changed. I don't know what she looks like now, but I guarantee I came out on the winter end of that. So. You guarantee, huh? Just, yeah, the, the listeners don't know, but you should know by this ego that I'm pretty confident in the way I look, even though EA Game Face wants to make it look like I have a giant schnoz. I just want to say, for the record, Jeff really thinks of himself as a charmingly good-looking guy. <laughs> no, uh, no, Jeff's not ugly, but he's, <laughs> he's no Zac Efron. I'm, uh, I'm slightly above mediocre. Uh, a yeah. little bit above. The no, you're if a good-looking go, good guy. I'm a, I'm a B student, just all across the board, from education to looks to maybe athleticism. If I give myself a little bit of credit there, hand-eye coordination's an A. So do with that what you will. He wasn't uh, a baseball player, is what he's I was. To no, I was a baseball. You player. said your hand-eye coordination's an A. Was an A. Oh, an A. A great oh, an a. a. Yeah. I've seen Jeff play basketball. He's not as good of an athlete as he thinks he Whoa, is. Whoa, dude, I'm a shooter though. No, you're not. Okay. Well, the, we little, have to go. the little times I've played with you at 24, you were not just like burying threes. It might have been a cold streak. Who knows? Or maybe I was trying to facilitate because I'm a team player. You know, I'm not <sighs> no less work. All right, we're getting off track here. Uh, next up on the winners losers <laughs> list because it's been so fucking losers hard. list. John and Jeff <laughs> in their early no, that, years of high school. That, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that uh, that handshake is a is an L. All right, Tony Romo contract talks. Apparently, Tony Romo's gotten some offers because he's able to go Romo Domstress or Romo off. He should be a defensive coordinator. No. No, it just Why? shows you that just shows you how bad uh, KC's was because Romo was able to predict the plays because he because he thinks like a quarterback. He He's got such a nice position up at at, at yeah, CBS. Why would He's getting paid so away? much, yeah. so that's an L. I mean, to those teams that are offering him, come on. Are now. they offering him what like quarterback coaching job? I have or? no idea. No, probably D coordinator. I wouldn't be surprised. The coordinator positions. Is, is, is no, what he's I saw. not going to be a D coordinator, right? That's ridiculous. But, but I think. He could be good at it. Eh, we'll see. All right, next up on the winners-losers list, uh, Carmelo Anthony. And unfortunately, this is just an L because it's like, you know, one man's trash is turning out to be another man's trash. Yeah. Uh, Melo started out the year with Houston, uh, was then traded to Chicago. It has since been announced that Chicago is probably going to – well, uh, they are planning on releasing him. They're they're uh, holding on to him. Oh, until he had that quick stop in Atlanta. Can't forget about Atlanta. He, that's where he is right now, right? No. In Chicago. No, he's in Chicago. He's going to get dropped okay. by Chicago, and now there's mutterings that the Lakers are going to try and pick him up. I've heard that he may get held on to until the deadline mm-hmm. for, yes. like, a player-to-player swap. Yeah. I was trying to think of the teams Carmelo could go to and actually benefit them. He would have to be a bench player who comes off the bench mm-hmm. about 15 minutes a game who would be their primary offensive weapon off the bench. You want to try and say that word again? Primary? Primary. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Primarily. Mm. Um, he would have to be the guy off the bench where it's just him on the court who could really score, maybe yeah. one other guy. And I just don't know where the fuck he would go. 
I I don't know either. I it, in fifteen minutes a game is not going to be enough for Melo because but, but he has to swallow. But he but mm-hmm. if he thinks of himself that you're way, ask, he's a joke. Okay, well you're asking him to do that, and he's not going to do it. So well, you know it's unfortunate. Then, then for him. why don't you just retire, Carmelo? Yeah, I mean there's there's a good argument to be made as to why why he probably should. Um, okay, I don't know why. I'm looking ahead here. Uh, next up on the winners losers list, get back coaches. Uh, there was a video that was on social media of Ram strength and conditioning coach. He's the get back coach. Uh, he's basically going around cre- gently caressing Sean McVay's hips, pulling him back out of the way of the referee because Sean McVay has no sideline awareness whatsoever. I guess he'll just walk out on the field. This guy's <laughs> there to pull him back. Clemson's got one for their D coordinator. Uh, that's also their strength coach, and it just makes me think that's going to become a new requirement for for strength and conditioning coaches. Is you're the get back coach. You gotta. You gotta make sure he gets back wow. in. Wow. Something tells me though that that guy who's pulling back McVeigh, he'll get a job interview somewhere because he <laughs> was that close to Sean McVeigh. They're very intimate. There had to be some kind of transition there that just you know. Ooh, I want it. that job. Um, yeah, but you've also got to yell at guys to lift more. So you think you could do that? They would look. Can at you me. ever think of God? Can you they ever would, think of God? They would look at me and they'd be like, "Bro, <laughs> your arms yeah. are not." We got you. you. We'll listen to you on leg day, but we ain't gonna listen to you any any day. No, they least. would never listen to me. I can't. Oh. But I want to be the guy, the pullback. I could do that. Yeah, <laughs> All right, uh, and it makes me think of other strength and conditioning coaches of note. Uh, Northwesterns, who is all this year was wearing schmediums, and then Oregon's, who had a handlebar mustache that can't, or you know, like a little twisty mustache. Those kind. I of, like it. Yeah. So those, I'm gonna say, get back coaches are a win this week because they're getting so much, so much coverage. I mean, we talked for about them. them so. They're probably getting paid pretty damn good yeah, too. Yeah. Also. Um, all right, and then last up on winners losers, the Pro Bowl skills competition. The rosters have been announced for both teams. I'm not going to run it down. You can Google it yourself because it's, I mean, it's pro bowlers. Shocker. So the fact that you won't show the list just shows it's a loser. Right? I know, right? It's a loser because I'm still going to end up watching the TV or watching the thing. But there's a, so there's a couple different events. The Gridiron Gauntlet is a five participating head-to-head relay race that will utilize various skills. Uh, the best hands competition, which I believe, it, oh no, that's wide receivers running routes. They did a drop competition with a, um, with a drone where it's where it's basically oh, the drone yeah. flies up yeah. a certain amount of cool. feet, drops the ball, and you got to catch it. I know. Cool. Uh, then there's precision passing. Cool. And then the final competition is epic Pro Bowl dodgeball. So uh, <laughs> What is yeah. that? Actually? All ten members of each conference will be participating in a best-of-three series in classic dodgeball. But the field is very small that they're playing on. Hey, fuck yeah. Let them play dodgeball. I think that yeah. sounds more enticing. That is the only reason. Shit. That's the only reason worth watching in the dodgeball game is nothing to write home about. So I'm sorry if I'm poo-pooing on that for anybody that planned on watching suck. this. Okay. It's, n- it's just not, you know. Dodgeball is fun. It's fun, but it's just uh, there's something about it where it's like that's going to be the anchor event. They make you wait till the Maybe very the end. Maybe the Pro and you don't Bowl care about shouldn't the do a game. They should just do like autograph signings or a just promote. a giant weekend of different skills competitions. Where I think, yeah, I guess. Just, just you remember the time Larry Allen put up what was that forty something reps on the bench press, and it was just uh, a monster. Just, yeah. yeah, do stuff like that. All right, bring back some combine drills. Why not? Maybe look at see it. They don't want to do that shit. They probably though, don't, man. but okay. Oh well. So then tell the fans don't vote for you for the Pro Bowl, and then when that becomes an incentive that you lose on your contract, boo boo. Can we talk about All Star voting really quick? I'm sure. Go ahead. I think the basketball needs to take it out of the fans' hands. And put it into somebody else's hands. Uh, I agreed to somewhat. I because you got certain fan favorites that don't deserve votes that are going to get in. Like D it's Wade's last year, he's going to make the All Star game. He doesn't necessarily deserve it. It's bullshit. But yeah, I get what you're saying. I understand. It's bullshit. Yeah, write that one down for next Wednesday. We can argue about that all day if you want. It's bullshit. I mean, we'll be previewing the Super Bowl, but you know, 
Ooh, can't <laughs> wait. Yeah, right. I'm finding any suckers out there who will take the Rams. Jeff, are you one of them? Okay, well, I tweeted out earlier this week. I've kind of convinced myself since watching the Patriot game on Sunday. No, I think the that matchups was. the matchups are somewhat favorable for LA. We'll see. We'll see. I I still have another week to ponder this. Another week from today Jeff, to ponder. I'm ready. I'm finding anyone who's going for the Rams. Anyone you guys know who wants the Rams for some cash, you holler at me. Okay. Um, now it is time for the pop culture <laughs> update. Are you, are you stupid? It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I tell you, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter, but we're still going to talk about it anyway. Why? Well, because it's in the news. Uh, John, I don't know if you uh, watch this at all, if Sonia forces you to watch this. Uh, nope. The Bachelor? Nope. Okay. I have friends who really love The Bachelor. I went, I, w- I watched it with a girlfriend, and I can say uh, my feelings about The Bachelor, Bachelorette, have still not changed. I think it is a bunch of attention-seeking. Um, I don't want to say they're all whores. It's a terrible concept. Yeah, it's just attention. That's not how love works. Attention-seeking okay? individuals, yeah. But cram everybody together. I see connections could be forged uh, over a four-month period if that's all you're spending the time nah. with somebody. It could to a level. Uh, but not when you're competing with other people for the attention. It's just it takes the one thing that women hate, and then it, it glorifies it on TV, and they get a chance to laugh at other chicks for doing it when some of the chicks might be doing the same thing. You know, just in real life. Like, never know if a guy's playing. You know, take it from a guy who knows love, Jeff. Never gonna work. No. Not, has any has any one of those bachelors or bachelorettes are they married and still married? I think that I oh that's I bet I, you not. No. I bet you not. Well, not all of them, but I, I asked my girlfriend, I was like, what's the over-under on the on the amount of people that actually make this work? And she couldn't provide me with a solid number. Under, under. Uh, I, I don't it, know. Doesn't, it doesn't happen. There's I'm been 15 or 16 seasons of each one or something like that. I guarantee yeah. there's not a married couple. I wouldn't be surprised. I would be, no, I'll give you I'll give you under 50% of the couples stayed together. I'll give you that. That would be a big odds, but that's a nice little wide net I'm yeah, casting Yeah, no there. shit under 50%. But anyway, anyway, the big storyline on this week's episode was two former pageant girls that used to be cool with each other are not cool with each other anymore, and mm-hmm. they just started getting catty and talking about each other behind the other's back. That's why people watch it. And the one thing I noticed in this whole stupid thing is the poor sucker who was the former football player who got concussed and now he can't play football anymore he's a practice squad guy i'm still not knocking practice squad players but it wasn't like he was prominent you i know? feel you um so but he made a handsome career uh with he looks like a he looks like a football blake griffin he honestly looks like blake griffin's better looking twin okay if we're being real okay i think i've seen a picture of the guy uh, for sure. and he's a virgin which is just a fun fact and they're all like vying to like pop his cherry, which is kind of sinister in a way. It's like, whoa, man, he's protecting that. <laughs> uh, he's made it this far. He's a professional athlete. Got it. Went to school. He and his sex is going to be with a fucking predator from The Bachelor. Right in the fantasy suite. Oh fuck. I think that could fa- that could that could uh, impair his judgment. What if he? What if he? The first chick that he sleeps with in the fantasy suite, because there's going to be three of them, I think. What if he just catches feelings for her immediately? Or yeah. he's like, this is awesome. Yeah. Why did I wait so long? <laughs> this is it. This is it. This is a winner. This is a winner. And then, and then the producers have to come and be like, no, no, no. You got two more that you could do. He's, he's like, like no, there's I more? Like, I like her. I like her. I like her. No. You know, they're going to ruin him because he's going to go from not having anything for so long to all of a sudden having three different chicks at one time. He's just going to think that's how life works. So good job, Bachelor. Maybe it will work for him that I way. I don't know. But we'll see. Uh, yeah, the two pageant girls were getting catty with each other. And nice. And it just never worked. It doesn't matter. If it's, I, I watched a little bit of The Bachelorette last year with my girlfriend, too, because I get suckered into doing those things, the things we do for love. Um, and because I, I just need to learn how to step up for my or stand up for you myself. You need to say, hey, this is not something I enjoy doing. These are the things I enjoy it's doing. It's not something I enjoy doing, but I, but I, you know, you can spend time with her, so I do it. Off air, um, I'll, off air I'll teach you the ways, <laughs> if you'd like, Jeff. Thank you. Um, 
but yeah, so I, I, from what I've noticed, and you know, she pointed out too, is the whole object is to work on your relationship that you're trying to foster with the person who is the bachelor or the bachelorette. If you talk about somebody else, that's just a surefire way to get your ass sent home. Shows yeah. that you're insecure and you're nosy and you just, you, you're not focusing on what you need to be building. You're insecure. Yeah, you so. feel threatened. But with that being said, it's still a very stupid concept, so I will not, I, that's it. That's all, that's all the Bachelor talk I'm, I'm willing to give. All right, next up, the Oscars. Did you see any of the movies that are going to be nominated for the Oscars? Black Panther. I don't care about the Oscars. How about that? Hot takes. I don't need an award I don't show. Either. I don't need an award show, much like the Hall of Fame, to tell me what was good. I don't care. What either. I like. I don't like TV, so I don't care. I was gonna say most of the shit I watch is on Netflix anyway. Most of the shit I watch is sports. That's so true. It's either sports or Netflix for me. I don't even yeah. watch the news because that's all bad news. That's so depressing. I, I see to, some news though. I, I go to my mom's house and that's all she has on is it's like, like MSNBC oh, Fox, and she goes yeah. no MSNBC because oh, okay. she's a Democrat. And she goes I fucking hate Trump. I'm like no shit we all do. I'm like. Next. Yeah, it's it's a rough one. It's so divisive, man. Sports are divisive enough, so I don't need to watch. But it's like a tribal, it's like a silly tribalistic divisive that's like, oh, man. Like, for example, oh, you cheer for the Jazz? Well, I'm cheering for the Nuggets, and they're playing tonight, so I can't like you. But tomorrow, you'll be fine You're with the homies. Jazz fans. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Uh, politics, no, no. Every day is a verb, is a war on the other person. It's I just like, it. we're supposed to come together, people. All right, enough hippie talk. Um, So, yeah, the Oscars. Don't need it. Hall of Fame, okay. But, like, I don't need you telling me what was good and what was award-worthy and how we should validate these actors and actresses of what they do, the the set and pieces and shit. I can admire my own screenplays. I can admire the own set, you know, like a movie like Pulp Fiction. I'm sure it didn't win an Oscar. If it did, that's awesome. But I'm sure it didn't. That still doesn't change my opinion that it's not a great fucking movie that I would watch over and over and over again. Right? Yeah, I just watched that movie the other night. It's a good one. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I love it. Say what? Again. I love that. Yeah. All right. Uh, last up on the pop culture update, at least for me, because uh, I don't see very much else on the on the. Old yeah, you know I got nothing for Twitter you on the search. pop culture. All right, sounds good. You know I don't got nothing on the pop culture. Uh, last one for me is the Fire Festival documentaries that have come out on Netflix and Hulu. Do you remember this at all? What it do you think, Jeff? No. So nope. it was a, uh, let me break it down for you real quick. I haven't watched either one of these documentaries. I will not watch either one of these documentaries because A, I already know what happened. Uh, and B, it didn't really, it, I didn't really care because it was basically a bunch of rich kids that got tricked into believing what they saw on social media, which is like everybody gets <laughs> gets coursed into believing something on social media. It happens to the best of we us. We all get tricked in our but, life. But you know? this was so egregious. These people were so stupid and they were promised so much. It was advertised as like a, a a getaway event, you know, where you could just go, you know, suck, fuck, drink, smoke, do all the party and all the nice, 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 yeah, nice. with beautiful people yeah. on an island that used to be owned by Pablo Escobar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was gonna be villas and all this stuff that were going yeah. on. I want to And it ended now. up, and it ended up being a huge sham. They promised that Jaw Rule is gonna be there. He wasn't performing, but he was gonna be there. Oh, for, I want to go now. Jaw Rule is gonna be for there. Picture taking opportunities. It was basically those people that'll fuck. do anything for likes. That'll go and take the pictures. You know, yeah. you you read about people that die on hikes because they were trying to get this sick picture for social media. Yeah. That's basically the type of person that went to this festival, except they had a lot of money because, you know, their parents yes. were affluent. Yes. And uh, and then they got tricked. They were staying in FEMA tents. They were getting fed cheese sandwiches. It was all bad. Dude, they, they were adrenalized to go, man. They, got, and they, they were very adrenalized. Uh, the guy who ended up funding, or I mean, uh, founding, the, creating the whole thing, 
He uh, he got arrested for fraud. He's spending six years in prison right now. Now everybody's up in arms because Hulu paid him quarter million dollars to interview him for this documentary. Wow. Whereas Netflix just kind of interviewed everybody else that was surrounded by it or involved in it. Yeah, yeah. One of the guys that he had with was ready to perform some sexual acts to get some party supplies across customs. It was rough. Wow, this I mean, is crazy shit. It's crazy shit, but it's not enough to make me care about it any more than when it happened. It sounds I, like you know all the facts. I already. saw it getting. Well, I remember it getting tweeted. It get tweeted about two years ago, and I was looking at. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like, why would people... I saw the original advertisements, and I was like, stuff like... You can just see certain stuff on the internet now and just know it is too good to be true. Yeah. And it's unfortunate if you don't have the ability to see that. But I can take a look at certain things on the internet, and I think, that could be me. Or I take a look at something, and I'm like, wow, this is extremely staged. And then I start to wonder about how they could have possibly staged it. Like, remember the little Tay fad? Where that, that little... The little chick who was walking around... I'm Lil Tay, and I make more money at nine years old, and I buy cars, I can't even drive. And it turns out it's just some poor little nine-year-old that her parents threw a bunch of money in her face, and her brother was directing her on how to take these videos and, and be a social media influencer and star and get paid just because she was some nine-year-old that was talking shit about the rest of us being broke. Wow. And it's just like, you can't believe the shit that you see on there. I barely believe the shit that happens in a football game, like not getting a pass interference called. That was awful. There were other you guys d- must have talked about that shit We did, on we Sunday. did, but there was other stuff that happened before that. That was fucking awful, yeah. Jeff. Well, that uh, was awful. It, Sean McVay run, or, I mean, throwing on first down, coming out of a two-minute warning, that was awful, too. Sean you Payton. Sean Payton, my bad. You should have ran the ball, because McVay would have run the ball. That was fucking awful. Yeah. It was egregious. It really was. Really bad. All right, that'll do it for the show. Uh, once again, happy birthday, Flan. Yeah, Flan, 26. Old, yeah. <laughs> Old as shit. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll be back on Sunday after the Pro Bowl uh, and all that good stuff done. Uh, we'll be breaking down some other stuff. And then John will be back next Wednesday, or at least that's what he's saying now. We'll I, see about it in a week. I would give it a 75% chance. Right. Hall of Fame, like uh, 75%. I'd bet on those odds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, so, yeah, we'll see him back here on Wednesday. We'll be breaking down. Oh, what do you want to You wanted to talk more about Hall of Fame and what else? You were supposed to write Not it down mentally. Uh, Tim Howard. Mm, Tim Howard. <laughs> no, Tim no, Howard I don't. I don't have Fame. anything I want to talk about. I don't. I don't care. Barry Bonds, put him in the Hall of Fame. All God right. damn it. All right. Uh, yeah. So that's our show. Until next time. Thanks, guys. Oh no, I lied. To the haters and losers, of which there are many. There are many of you. Until next time. Peace. I'ma gloss, I'ma cop that easy Run the spot for some chops, I'm about that greasy Shorty coming to the spot, but no bleep, don't tease me I think she hang around the click, trying to get on TV I know I'm talked about a lot when I'm gone, don't see me Trust the process, man, I'm going Joel and Beezy I'm a boss like Rick Ross, I'ma go no keeper Freestyling, got a wet, that's a LA leaker Guess who's coming out your eardrum and your speaker I met the parents and they impressed how I treat her Bag on passenger side, sting Ray two-seater Randy Johnson with the flow, got glow, got heater They really do you bad when you lit. They really do you bad when you wit. I came in here sad, represent. I took a different nav, I'm a pit. I'm about to make it out of the pit. Why they bad, I'm a hit. From the line here, switch. From my crown to the shin, dick. Now they a miss. When I'm gone, nigga, bitch. Don't call, that's a tip. Yeah. I'm about to walk around with my shit. 
never heard it down to the dips. I'm always out of town for the glitz, 100 miles for the trip, but my style that's a chip, yeah. Niggas at the house doing rips. Stoop kids and we vibe to be next. I ain't have to rock a dad while the flex. See the glam, you see flex. I got diamonds and flesh, nigga. Friends turn to sketch, niggas real fast. Life can't prep you on it's like a meal plan. Shorty said to come through, but she still playing. I got bills, nigga, too, that I'm still paying. They really do you bad when you lit. They really do you bad when you wit. I came in here sad, represent. I took a different nav, I'm a pit.